If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do the thing on a Reaction Monday edition of the program. How you living, Threes? Oh, I'm great, brother. I mean, how can you not be great with this natural, organic vitamin D radiating from the sky here in November? I mean, it's such it's, a win. It's soaking up, brother. It's such you a win. Live. I feel like I'm living in heaven until I view on Instagram my boy uh-huh. Sammy Bradford being John Dutton Jr. in uh, really Jackson Hole with his cowboy hat on and just nothing but blue sky behind him holding his two kiddos. Yeah. If it makes you he's feel winning. any better, he's winning. He's, he's winning. Because winning. then you realize fifty million guaranteed off the bat. <laughs> oh, and then, oh gosh, yeah. So when you realize true retirement, like the true, hey, what are you doing? People ask me all the time, like, how's retirement? I'm not retired. That's why I say I'm not retired. Right? right? I, I got a radio show retired, that I, no. I'm passionate about. All right, I do games in the fall. If my falls are crazy, and it's a little more right. easier in the winter and spring, right? Um, but. I'm not retired by any means. I still use my brain. That man out there in the West is truly retired. I asked C. Long, yeah. what's Sam doing? He goes, literally nothing. Literally oh, nothing. Gosh. Playing gosh. golf, I suppose, and then doing yeah, some Yeah, his wife, his wife played golf at Arkansas, so I bet they go out in and golf. In that Jackson Hole area, Enjoy it, it like. together, you know, have a nice little babysitter yeah. for the kids. Let's go golf. There you go. Oh, do you want to hit the spa after? Sure, hon. Let's do it. Sure. Let's go ride nothing our horses. To, nothing to see here. Ride horses. Yeah. Unbelievable. If it makes you feel any better, my dad... My dad had uh, a straight blizzard, six feet of snow. I love uh, it. In, in I love the it. Teens, I'm all for it, though. I'm all uh, for yesterday, it, though. so he had that. I, I'm not quite. I prefer this. It was interesting. We had no Browns and Bengals this weekend, so I was not. You didn't feel like an obligation to watch the NFL. Now I still had it on uh, on the red zone throughout the day as I was in and out of the house and trying to spend most of the time outside. Um, but then you couple that with with Saturday. I mean, th- this was unbelievable. This was Chamber of Commerce weather. So on Saturday, the, the our game was late, and the Clemson Notre Dame game was late. So I watched a little bit of that noon window, and then in the afternoon I took the boys. We went and played golf. I'm like, let's check check golf in November off of our bucket list with the boys. So we did that as well. So it was a fantastic weekend, and it allowed for the timing was great. Like not having to be locked in on a on a and and you love football, but not having to watch yeah. NFL Sunday the way that we normally would have to if the Browns and the Bengals were playing uh, was quite liberating. It was, it was nice to be able to get outside and and, and live a little bit and try to enjoy it. You were on the call. Saturday. I um I did three things in the first half. Now, I will acknowledge that uh when it was thirty five to three, at thirty five to three I did it. And um and the reason I bring this up is this. I had a lot of pushback of well, you're not even going to watch the second half. It's 30, you know, you didn't even watch. Why aren't you paying attention? I, so I was at dinner with my wife, rare date night for us where we actually, I think it's the first, in fact, it's the first one we've done since pandemic. So rare oh, date night with my wife. Yeah. Gosh. So, um, good for you. Right. In terms of just her and I, in terms of just her and I, 
Yeah, yeah. that's right. Get back out there. We're, we're back so to we it. Went my, wife's to a place. A, my wife's just an absolute soldier. She's just a – we're back into it. Weekly date night. She's like, we got to get out. Boom. Yeah. In season. So we got the weekly yeah. date night back back established. But yeah. I'm like, honey, are you sure? You know, we, we're expecting. Are you – she's like, yeah. What, 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 what do you mean? Am I sure? You're still traveling around here. I'm like, okay. All right. All right. I don't need the argument. Okay. <laughs> we'll do it. So I there's – we go to a place where I know – that I will have a television right in front of me and still have oh, a great meal, which are my favorite places. So what a win. I'm able to watch you on the on the cast and and actually could hear you hear the telecast as well. And, I was going to say it might be the best case it. scenario for you. You can actually see that I'm doing it. <laughs> claim that you watch, but not hear me. <laughs> but not hear you. No, I could. They had a volume up, and the place everyone was into it. So at 35 to three, now you're having dinner, you're drinking wine. Post drink cocktail. By the time you get to halftime, it's thirty five to three. All right, that's good. Well, I, I'll pay. I'll check this out. The rest of this on DVR in the morning, uh, Sunday morning, which is inevitably what I did. Um, and so I got a lot of put. You know, what's wrong with us in the second half? Da, 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 da. We we give up big plays. Da, da, da. So from from thirty five thousand feet and not you know a couple hundred feet up like you were at the game, it's thirty five to three. How do you keep your attention mm. at thirty five to three? Yeah, and Greg threw everything at the kitchen sink, including the kitchen sink at you. I mean, yeah. he was doing stuff that you'd never seen. It was, I didn't, I didn't think there was this big sense of panic. They didn't cover. I get it, but it's thirty-five to three at half. At that point, you know, what do you want? I, I suppose you want to just continue to pound it up on them. But he threw everything at you, and that Rutgers team is very much improved. I was not in panic mode like it appears many of my Buckeye brethren were. No, and and uh, look, we, we want we want perfection, right? When you play Rutgers, you want it to be. I think a lot of people had fifty-two-three, right? Um, I'm sure some were worried about the line a little bit. Um, when when you when you look at this matchup, and I think Ryan Day said it in the post-game presser. I was listening to it as I was driving home from the shoe, which was an unbelievable easy out of the stadium, by the way. So weird with no fans in that place, but such an easy exit. Um, and I, I'm listening, and Ryan, you know, said, "Look, there, I'm not making excuses for the guys, but you're right. 35-3, no fans. How do you maintain the juice on a yeah. Saturday night when you're used to that place being filled? Right? Like when you're a young guy and you get in the game, what keeps you going? Because our fans are so great that those who stay through the blowout are still going to cheer." For said backup corner or backup linebacker who makes a play, right? They're still going to get into it to give you a little Absolutely. extra. Hey, we pay better pay attention, and then that that snowballs on somebody, right? The third down, the chant, the bells, all that stuff, um, really gets you going. Um, so that's that's a real thing. I don't think it's an excuse, but it's a it's an explanation. They had a little bit of a lull with their juice. I think Ryan Day admitted it. And he admitted it as well. How do you keep the the guys into it? And I think Ryan sent a message. You know, Ryan sent a message to his guys. That whole old line, I remember it was like the fourth quarter. Producers in my ear. He goes, "Hey, who do you want to spotlight?" We had a whole bunch of guys we wanted to spotlight. You saw it yeah. through the, the telecast. I want to spotlight Baron. I want to talk about Taraja Mitchell. I want to talk about Johnson. I want to talk about all these guys, right? Um, because a lot of these guys are the future. Where I've waited around, you know, and I wanted to get after it. I wanted to talk more about Julian Fleming and G. Scott and these guys. The reality was, in the fourth quarter, he goes to me, hey, what, what backup old lineman, what freshman do you really want to highlight? And I was like, <laughs> talk back. I can't. The starters are still in. He's like, yeah. that's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, Brian's sending a message. He, what, what we expected to happen as a, or, as a football team was you expect, this is the way it's supposed to go. 
And this has nothing to do with Greg throwing the whole kitchen sink at him. So if you want to criticize the Buckeyes, I'm not worried about the whole, you know, the trick plays and all that stuff and the multiple onside kicks and pooches and all that stuff, right? The multiple Frank Wycheck throwbacks. Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned that when it's 35-3, you come out of halftime, you're getting the ball and you're Justin Fields. Your mission on offense is, hey guys, look, this has got to be a business-like drive. We're going down there, we're scoring, and we're done. Right? Like, we go down the field, we score, and now you know what? We're done. Or maybe it's one more series, depending on what Rutgers offense does. And yeah. then it's, hey, is it CJ Stroud? Which it looked like that was who it was going to be. Um, there have been, there have been rumblings that the reason why he didn't go in and said Jack Miller week one was due to a, a soft tissue deal. So okay. it might be CJ as the backup. But we thought we'd see that in the fourth quarter. And what happens is the offense comes out, doesn't go down and score. Kicks, Rutgers score. So you're kind of like already in this moment of, all right, put the stars back out there. We got to, come on guys, like let's go down and score. And they do, they go down and score, right? But yeah. it wasn't, the defense never did anything to where it was, Buckeye score, stop three and out, Buckeye score. Okay guys, you're done. And that's the way you kind of expected it to happen. But you have to give credit to Rutgers because Shiano, sure his do. motto is just keep chopping. Those guys kept fighting. And so if you want to say, what are you, con- I'm not concerned about big picture stuff. What I'm concerned about, we didn't tackle well, okay? Tackling has to get better. That was one of the things that stood out to me. And the other thing, Bo, if you want to criticize, I think that their interior of de- their defensive line won on way too many plays. Like Julius Turner, I mentioned him in the telecast. He's six foot two sixty five. All right, he's a little quick, slippery dude on the inside. I think he he beat Josh Myers and, and really Harry Miller had a rough day. Um, he had what three holding calls? I think two or three holding calls. Um, now look, that stuff's correctable, right? I mean, you don't know where their mental focus is. You know they. These guys are are human. They know, like, look, I'm I'm a I'm a dude out here, and we have some guys that you know. Maybe you're thinking we're just gonna go through. Oh, they did a stunt. Dang, I wasn't ready for it. Boom, holding. It just got sloppy for a little bit in the second half, and that was one of the things that I think Ryan, even coming into the game, Ryan was concerned about penalties. We had too many of them. Um, he was concerned about uh, what are you talking? About? Oh, he was concerned about just getting lined up. Like he talked about. He really was uh, uh, fired up at Garrett Wilson about the week before at Penn State, not being on the ball twice. Um, yeah. He said his wide receiver spacing has been sloppy in zone. So, like, there's stuff that he wants because, look, the, the goal is perfection. That's yeah. that's the thing. So we can appreciate the win and appreciate that we, we took care of Rutgers. And we can also humbly say, okay, there's stuff to, there's stuff to work on. There's stuff to work on here, right? There's – no we, question. We this able... is really coachable. I mean, this is valuable for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's – I'm thankful, to be honest, and I don't want to look ahead because it's a Monday. It's more reaction than look ahead. But I'm really happy that Maryland beat Penn State because I think it grabs the team's attention. I think it grabs the team's it attention of, of, hold on, you you guys went out – you went to Penn State. You won. Penn State fought you back. But Maryland smacked them around. So yeah. it's a, it, it better be a, oh, okay, looks like Maryland's found something here. Let's take, let's respect this opponent. And I thought they respected Rutgers, Bo, and you want to know why? And I said it on the telecast. You, you fake a punt because you respect your opponent. You don't, if you don't respect your opponent, you go into the week with no fakes, with no nothing, right? We're going to play base. Yeah. We're going to do this because yeah. we're just better. We're Ohio State. Ryan Day sensed in the second quarter, was it? Let's fake a punt because we need yeah, to steal possession back and let's, and let's make this thing, let's, let's let this thing blow up, right? 14-3, you look up next, you know, it's 35-3. Oh. So, you do that because you're trying to grab and really finish a team, but you have to credit Rutgers. They kept fighting in the second half, and, and and we mentioned it last week. This is a team that's going to continue to fight, 
have pride. Uh, they're still very limited at quarterback. Um, they are, and but stuff- they've got some dudes, too. Like, Bo Melton's a four-star receiver. Like, he was. Four-star wide bombs. receiver, Isaiah Pacheco. Curry yeah. Combs told us on the call, he thinks Isaiah Pacheco could start at possibly 10 to 12 other Big Ten teams. Yeah. That they're they're running mean, back. No, he no, goes, they, he's a dude. They, yeah, yeah, they've got some guys now. And, they, they, and by the way, the way Shiano approached playing us is how Perfect. I wish everybody would approach playing us in this league who does not have the horses and he knows he doesn't. He threw, I mean, everything, the onside kicks, going for it. The he, twice he runs the runs the wide check play. I mean uh-huh. he it's every the fake everything he did is what you have like he came to try to win it. Yes, he didn't. He wasn't. He, didn't he wasn't in, saying, he, he wasn't "Oh, we're trying about, to establish." Oh, let's no. try to be close. Let's hit exactly. a field goal here. Like he said, yeah. "All right, how are we going to beat Ohio State?" Well, we got to steal possessions. We've got to trick them. We got to mm-hmm. show them stuff they've never seen before. And I wish the other also rans in this conference would do it that way. And it was refreshing to me. To see a coach do that, to say, you know what, I know I can't beat these guys straight up. I don't have the guys, but maybe I can make this more interesting. And guess what? 49-27 was, by the time you look at that score, it was more interesting. We said this last week, though, at the end of the show, and I think it's important. Is this a bottom line game? And how do we define that? If you're watching Notre Dame-Clemson and you see this score on the bottom line and it's 35-3 at half, you go, okay, Ohio State's Ohio State. Yep. And you're not even really worried about 49-27 because yep. you're not it, – it's over yep. at that point. you realize what it is. Yeah. The headline it would look much worse on ESPN. Buddy. Oh, if it would have been the other way? No, it would have been much worse if you look at halftime, right, and it says um, – oh, gosh, I don't know. What, what, what if well, it says like 28-14, yeah, right? Rutgers and then next you know it ends up 49 second half. Yeah. To your point, Rutgers scored 24 in the second half. If that's inverted and it's 35-24 at half, you go, whoa, what's wrong with the Bucks? Right. What's wrong here? What the hell? Right. What's going on in Columbus? But it's not. Yes. It's 35-7. you got to remember that not at, the country isn't watching this game the way Buckeye fans are, right, all the way through. Right. Um, the other thing, here's the headline. This is on ESPN. Justin Fields puts up six touchdowns as Ohio State routes Rutgers. Mission accomplished. Mission yep. accomplished. And valuable coaching moments now. For Ryan Day, because this is now three straight games where we've given up chunk plays. Yeah. We, we've given up chunk plays now, three straight opponents. Yeah. So we've got some stuff we've got to sort out defensively uh, as we get going, and now maybe a, a much bigger test than we would have thought with, with Maryland this week. So this will be a lot of fun. Lots to get to on this. You will hear from Ryan Day coming up next. A shocking weekend in college football. We'll put it all into perspective. Off and running here on a Reaction Monday. Bishop and Lauren Itis right here on The Fan. Bishop and Laurenitis is presented by Window Nation. Searching for a replacement window? Visit windownation.com today. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Pushing the limit of how many times you can say the word thing in one show. That's the next thing. That is the next thing. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. And brought to you by our great friends at Window Nation. If you're in need or search of replacement windows... I encourage you to check them out at windownation.com. I assure you they will take care of you the way that they take care of us, 866-90-NATION. So we did a whole segment and had very little mention of Justin Fields. Well, that won't mm. happen now. Uh, here's What we'll have, a we'll have, dude. What a dude. We'll have Ryan Day first. Here's Ryan Day on his quarterback. Fields, you know, as good as I've been around. I mean, he's really accurate down the field. I thought the last throw to Chris, I mean, he made that look like it was a 12-yard out. And I got to look back on film to see where it was. But that thing had gas. And it was in the hole, and uh, it was one heck of a throw. Well, you saw it in person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them were – 
some of them were as good as anything you see on Sunday. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's 24-28. Yep. I mean, it's more touchdowns than incompletions. Yep. I mean, just a complete dude. I mean, the guy the guy is incredible. Um, the, the comfortability that he has in the pocket there and, and even out of the pocket, like he doesn't panic Mm-mm. on anything. So that's no. the, that's the fascinating thing to me is that he just does not panic. Um, the comfortability, he has two unbelievable wide receivers, but it's not even those two guys. Like he can spread the ball around. Mm-hmm. I think he threw it to nine different dudes. Um, it's just he makes the right decisions. There were times in the third quarter you would think like, I wonder if he's gosh, I wonder if he's going to start pressing. You know, they, they've kind of they've gone down the field, but it's been a little while. Nope, you know he'll he'll just roll over and he'll make like, oh, it's third and one. He makes a two yard completion to the sideline to where you look at it and you're like, oh, that that was nothing. Oh no, it moved the chains. Yeah, you know, and that's the it's just fascinating. I mean, honestly, for really the season. Is. He is completing 87% of his passes for the season. Yeah. 87. I didn't stutter. I didn't stammer. You didn't miss here. 87% completion percentage through three games. We played Nebraska. We played Penn State. We played Rutgers. Three games, 87% completions. He's averaging 300 yards a game. He's got 11 touchdowns, no picks. He's got a rating of 222.4. So this is... This is uncharted waters yeah. <laughs> for everybody, right? Like, we yeah. we just haven't had as great as Troy was from a statistical accumulation standpoint. He's not at this level. He th- This kid has – what's incredible to me is the improvement. And it's no wonder, like, this Quinn Ewers kid or anybody else who's a quarterback and deciding where to go. If you think of the Justin Fields that we saw in spring ball now two almost two years ago, year and a half ago, yeah. to the Justin Fields we see now – Oh, Even the man. Justin Fields we saw last year to now. Yep. I mean, he looks like a pro. I, I'll tell you, the, I, I, I've i been pretty steadfast on this. I don't think anyone can catch Lawrence because I think people view Lawrence as luck manning. I they, they view him that way. But this kid's putting all of the doubt into who's going number two, and there may be some teams that favor him, especially when you watch – NFL on Sunday, and you see Kyler play, and you see Tua, and you see yeah. Josh Allen, and you see Lamar, and you see these guys who can make make extend plays with their feet as well. And Trevor yeah. can do that too. I mean, obviously we remember, but he's not he's not Justin from an agility standpoint. And right. I'm just saying that the the way he's better than I thought he would be. He's better than yeah. I thought he would be. And my expectations were go win the Heisman, and and he's better to start this yeah. year. Absolutely. Um, and I, th- I think that's – he is he has opened up every conversation. This Heisman Trophy race yeah. is getting, I mean, way, way tighter than we expected. I mean, we all thought that Trevor was just going to run away with it. Well, Trevor getting COVID and having to sit out yeah. definitely hurts because all the attention has gone to Fields. And you're right, the bottom line, you look over at like, the headline being six, touch- six touchdowns for Fields – and and Coach Day obviously is exactly right. He's he's the coach. But that throw he made behind I think it was Trey Avery and right in front of Brendan White. I mean, he's looking that way. White's breaking and he still has the as Ryan said, the gas to put it in there to Olave 
It's unbelievable. Th- that's the one down the sideline? Yes, that's the one down the sideline yeah. in the second half. The, the one that Jamison Williams, he's wide open. I have no he's idea what they're in. How about the one when it's the first Alave touchdown? Where I didn't know if it would I thought it was going to be picked. I thought and it was going to be picked. That had a little bit of tempo to it as well. Yeah. And I I, now, Alave picked. adjusted a little, yep. but still, I mean, that was yep. that one was there too. I mean, he... He just can make every throw, and I think you hit on something on the broadcast, and you just hit on it here that's that's really, really different and important. There, he is calm. Yes, he's calm in the pocket, man. Yes, he is. He just he feels like he's he knows everything. It feels like he's two steps ahead of you and three steps ahead of Secret Service. He knows what's happening. He knows what's going to happen. He knows his reads. He doesn't. There's no jitter to him in the pocket at all. His feet are locked, man. It's. Yeah, it's something. And I think I think the Heisman conversation for him is going to be an interesting one because Trevor Lawrence lost his opportunity against Notre Dame. That would have been a big opportunity for him. Yeah, it would have been. To play – I mean, everyone watched that game. That would have been a big game for him. Um, and by the way, and we'll talk about that coming up here in a second, that game, Trevor Lawrence doesn't play defense. But, right. And the other kid was good. Um, but, but that being said – Lawrence lost that game. So both Lawrence and Justin are going to play the majority of their next few games largely in a vacuum with this one caveat. Thanks to big noon kickoff, we're going to see this Buckeye team. Like, you know Indiana's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know that's going to be. Yep. So there's going to be – and this game with Maryland, is this is a pretty good job out of the Big Ten to get this game. Yeah. They grabbed it when they had the opportunity. They didn't, a lot of I mean, juice think, to it now. I don't think anybody really expected – Maryland to go to Penn State and win, but they grabbed it with that expectation. Um, and and who knows? I mean, there's there's some games that have come up now that you're like, gosh, nobody thought that was going to be a game. And I mean, if you look at the whole Big Ten West, it is it is in a unique place right now because you don't know what Wisconsin is. Are they still the favorite? Are they playing this week we against Michigan? <laughs> How will they Michigan's look? Michigan's hoping they're not playing, so they right. don't lose. Michigan's hoping they get a no contest because that'd be better than the way it's gone for them the last few weeks. Um, I mean, I told you, the Hoosiers are the second-best team in the Big Ten East. I mean, we, we're, we're going to spend some time on this in the 10 o'clock hour because of what you happened in the Big Ten You hate when I say it, but it's weekend. true. No, I, 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 hate what I, I hate because I think it's bad for the league. Of course, you hate the reality of it. I do, too, because you want it to yeah. be. What we all want it to be is right. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and we want us to win every single game, but you want us to beat the team up north by – I'm not one of these people who's, like, celebrating the fact that they lost. There will be a lot of Ohio State fans that are celebrating that they lost and that it's going terrible for them. I will not be one of them. No, I won't, I won't either. And, I root for them I... every single time they play until they play us, and I want it to be a classic. I want it to be a 42-39. That's yeah. what I want. I want it to be those because you know what? Because then it feels like you did it. You stuck it to them. You gave it, you know – Indifference is not what we want out of them. What we have right now is indifference. You have a fan base that we have beaten to a pulp to where they are like, eh, I mean, we're okay with 10 and whatever. We're okay with eh, This is just a COVID year. We'll be, where, where's the outcry? Where's the screaming from the mountaintops for change? Where's, there is none. We have beaten them to indifference. Is that what you want out of your greatest rivalry? Because no one's going to pay attention to it. If you're Fox right now, who always goes after that game, what what if you're ESPN or Fox one of these years coming up? When are they finally going to say, you know what? Let's not take OSU Michigan first. Well, it's just not you're game right. Anymore. Yeah, you're right, and I I think there's you're you're starting to be so removed from their greatness. It's starting to be so far 
in the rear view, you know, um, and they're trending so bad in the wrong direction that and and a lot and the powers in this league are frankly, and we're going to get to that in ten o'clock. Um, but in terms of showcase games for Justin, this one that you're going to call on Saturday, yeah, that's going to have some eyeballs. Yeah, it, it helps that that. Uh, Tungavailoa is in this game. Everybody yep. knows that name. Yep. Everybody knows his brother. That helps. There's a little juice to that. I think people, uh, if you watch college football, you know what Loxley's done in recruiting. So you know he's got some dudes on the he's outside. Got a good freshman wide receiver. I tell you that much. Yep. That chose them over LSU. So he's got some dudes who can make some plays. And and I I, I I'm not my threat level is not there. But I do think that there, this game will have a little bit of juice to it. It'll be a big game at Maryland, huge game yeah. for Maryland. So, um, and they're coming off a nice win. So, uh, this will be a, a big one for the Buckeyes to pay attention to. Um, we will get into that. Uh, we'll do a little autopsy of what happened in the Big Ten coming up at the ten o'clock hour. Coming up next, the top of the polls shaken up as Clemson loses to Notre Dame. What does this do for the Buckeyes? What does it do for the Fighting Fickles? What does it do for the playoff picture? We get into that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis, right here on the Fan. The best thing about watching football all week. Is talking about all the football you watched all weekend. This is Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Taco Bell. The fan. Top shelf conversation from top shelf gentlemen. That's a pretty emphatic situation. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, here's what's up on a Monday. A shakeup at the top of the polls. We'll do higher or lower in the 11 o'clock hour, but Alabama ascends to number one. Mm. It is the 13th straight season that Alabama has spent a consecutive season, that Alabama has spent at least one week at number one. Which oh, is, is, that, pretty, is that good? <laughs> pretty remarkable thing to, to do, goodness. to be number one at least one week in 13 straight seasons. They do so because Clemson loses in double overtime to Notre Dame in a game that was really fun. Uh, it was really fun game, classic game, um, and one that you and I kind of saw that one coming. That that would that would be that way that that Clemson secondary pretty banged up and we also I think we really nailed this one because we didn't think it would be DJ Ungalele's problem he was good it, it wasn't his fault it was far from it it was Notre Dame was able to go up and down the field on Clemson they were able to run it they were able to throw it they were able to do whatever they want and so Alabama ascends to number one and so now you look at the playoff picture and you say to yourself all right well clearly Ohio State and Alabama are in. Right, went out, you're in, no doubt. And I think Alabama, even with a loss, would be probably in. This does muddy the water a little bit, though, for everybody else. Um, because Clemson is going to get another crack at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. This is one of those times where Notre Dame wishes they weren't in the conference. They like the conference up until they're going to have to play Clemson again. Now, if they beat them again, Clemson's done, clearly. But if Clemson wins with Trevor Lawrence in the ACC championship game, in a similar type game, and Notre Dame has just the one loss in the ACC championship game, and on their resume is a win over Clemson, even without Lawrence. Now you're now you're getting into some interesting issues here. So who are the other contenders? Texas A&M. Yeah, probably just going to have the one loss. They were impressive against South Carolina this weekend. Although uh, I think the for the loss. scenario on where you're going, they will be eliminated by you know A told B and B told C. Meet you at the top of the coconut tree if you have that book. Chicka chicka boom boom. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you're a dad, you have that book and you know yeah. it. Um, I, here's why I say that. I know where you're going with this argument. Yeah. So the other contenders, we, we mentioned it. One loss Alabama. Who'd they lose to? Florida. Florida. Florida's SEC champ. Alabama has one loss. That eliminates yep. AM because they lost head to head to Bama. Boom. AM's out. Aggies by. I would agree. Yeah. Um, 
So but Florida, Texas A&M, and fickles. Alabama. Mm-hmm. Go on. Those are the contenders. Yep. Fighting fickles. Yep. Contender. Uphill road. I think the I think Notre you'd rather have had Clemson beat Notre Dame and then Notre Dame's out. Yep. If you're the fighting fickles. So this prolongs but I don't think Notre Dame's unimpeachable. I mean I think they could lose another game down the road. They're not a It'd be very Notre Dame like to to drop yeah. one after just beating them, you know? Right. I mean they did that in ninety three, they beat Florida State ninety three, the next week they lose to Boston College. So there's precedent for that. Um I think honestly the most imp- I would love to see BYU play Cincinnati as like a play in game. I yeah. know I can't arrange it. I would love to see those two teams play. Because yep. I watched some of BYU on Friday night. That's impre- They're impressive. They're they really physical. The kid can spin it at quarterback, the Wilson kid. They're good. Now, they have a yep. bye week, I think, six out of the next eight weeks, and they've already played eight games. BYU has. Which so is they, amazing. They just powered crazy. through. Yeah, right. But they're now off. So, like, basically, and I saw somebody tweet this over the weekend. So, like, if a, if a Pac-12 school can't play, just play BYU. Yes. They'll play you. They're ready. They'll play you. They'll love they're to add that to, to the resume. They're, they're good to go. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, I think BYU is just like we'll play anybody anywhere. You just give us a week or I two, agree. we'll be fine. Yeah. So like that. That uh, Nebraska would have tried Cal to, game. but you know, we would have yeah. said no. Right. The the, the the Washington Cal game that was canceled because of the Cal. Yep. Maybe now. Maybe instead, next if that happens in the future, maybe BYU goes and plays Washington. Yeah. We'll see if the Pac-12 would allow it to happen. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because you want these these teams to have games. Oregon was, was impressive their first time out. We've seen that. So um, with Notre Dame being ranked second now. Right. What it does is what makes me curious, if Notre Dame rolls the rest of the way through, the biggest argument is going to be one loss Alabama. If, if Florida beats Alabama, it's one loss Bama. Right, say you have a scenario versus one loss Notre Dame in a tight game with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, and they've beaten Clemson before. Is it the one loss Notre Dame, or is it one loss Alabama? That is going to be the most heated if if it happened. I don't think Bama's losing to Florida, by the way, but that would be one of the most heated arguments. So if you're Notre Dame, what you're hoping for, Bama runs the table, because then your then your debate is. Gosh, it's still a great debate because Texas A&M can say the only team we lost to, right. we beat the SEC East champs in Florida. The only yep. team we lost to is the number one team in the country. Right. And Notre Dame can say the only team we lost to, and we actually beat them, so we actually went, we washed, was right. the number two team, in the, number three, number four, wherever they end up being, whatever right, up, team yeah. in the country. And so that will be another fascinating thing. That will be a uh, – I'll tell you what, though. If Notre Dame beats Clemson, which I don't think it's actually because it's a point you mentioned, it was the secondary. It wasn't DJ ukulele um, at all. It was the whole secondary for Clemson. They, if if Notre Dame beats them again, can you imagine like Bodie and all the other Notre Dame fans? We have one on our on our staff. He's our spotter, Bob Lanigan, huge huge Fighting Irish fan, great guy. Yeah. I can can you imagine them that the one year they joined a conference due to a pandemic. They win said conference and beat Clemson twice, <laughs> and then bow yeah. out. Like told you, you win a conference, we're out. Peace. <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine the just no? Yeah. Oh, so what stands in their way? They go to Boston College, to North Carolina. 
Watch um, out for Boston they have College. A, a, a bye week in between, and obviously North Carolina hasn't played well, but Sam Howell's still a big time quarterback, and they've got some weapons. So I'm agree. I agree with you with, with Halfley and BC. So those are two challenging games, and it's Syracuse at home, then it's at Wake. Um, so that's the, that's what stands in the way of Notre Dame and getting to the ACC title game as the number two team in the country at that point. If they if they went out and then the ACC has something they've never had, which an ACC championship game with a lot of juice. I mean, usually that game's like at four o'clock in the yep. afternoon. I mean, it's yep. a nonsense game in Charlotte. Now, all of a sudden, you'd be talking about number two against number four, probably at that time. With Lawrence back, Man. I mean, that game would have would have all all of the juice, and they've yep. never had that. Yep. It's always the SEC or the Big Ten game that has all the juice on that weekend, and they would have all of it if if they're able to get to that point. Um, it also sets a table for Lawrence in the Heisman because now all of a sudden if he play, that'll be right before the Heisman. I would assume the Heisman votes will go in that weekend. Always yep. do that. It'll be a chance for Lawrence against Notre Dame to say, well, I can be the difference and, and watch what I can do against these guys. So there's, there's a lot at stake there. Um, I tend to agree with you. I think you can kind of narrow it down in terms of who's in this thing. And I do think Cincinnati's still in this thing. I think Cincinnati and BYU are both obviously on the outside looking in. But it's Notre Dame, it's Texas A&M, it's Florida, it's Alabama, it's us, and it's Clemson. Those are the six that you're that you're going to be talking about here. Um, it's it's a fascinating one. It was. I do was, love the fact that center. we have more teams now because you know you thought coming in the Trevor COVID thing gave you this opportunity. Although I am, yeah, I'm not so sure it's as slam dunk that Clemson's going to win with him back. But they have been there before. Um, they have championship pedigree. And maybe it gives the team a little more confidence, a little more looseness, thinking, gosh, we have to play perfect defensively because we got the young kid in. Yeah. Right? You don't know what it does for that team uh, mentally. But I'm glad that it's not just, oh, well, we have Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. No, we got a little bit of a, a, little bit of a debate, a which will be exciting. I just hope that we're not – I hope we just keep winning. Just keep winning. Like, what is it, uh, Dory? Finding Dory? Yeah, just keep swimming. Yeah. Kids That's movies, right. man. Just keep winning, and you're in. And then That's we can right. let everyone else scream at each other. We can let the Fighting Irish fans go through it, battling A and M. Because I think that's going to be the one. That's going to be the conversation. Yeah, I I agree, and I think I think Notre Dame would go. I do. I think if if they play competitively with Clemson in that championship game, and I think they will. They're really well coached. It's they benefit. This is a big. It's a big deal for them. That, that's a big, big win for them, for that program. Because, the, you know, here's the thing. You go back to it. If you go back to our conversation Thursday and Friday about Notre Dame, are they bullied? Because they've been bullied against these type of teams before. They were not bullied. Nope. They were not bullied on the on the offensive defensive line. They were fine on the perimeter. Uh, their running back was the best, best back. I mean, Etienne didn't do anything. Clemson ran it 33 times for 34 yards. Mm. And they've got a first-round pick tailback in Travis mm. Etienne. 33 times for 34 yards. They can't run it. So Notre Dame hung. Clemson also couldn't do a pitch play, it seems like. They can't no. pitch the ball. No. no, no. I do like that DJ kid, though. That kid's going to be he's gonna ukulele. Be yeah, yeah. I, I like him quite a bit. All right, so we saw Clemson. Alabama was off this weekend. Is Ohio State on track to be at that level? Seems like it. What needs to be improved? We will do that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Want to know anything about the fans' contest? How to win? What's up for grabs? Check out 971thefan.com. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Two legends, one show. Well, it's all alive. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, three. So we've had the Heisman conversation. We've had, I, I think, a pretty reasoned look at what happened 
uh, you know, against Rutgers in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and we've talked a little bit about Clemson. Bama was off this week. So then the question becomes, is this team on track to accomplish its goals, which are go in a national championship? If, if they're not, and I think they are, I'm sure, I'm sure you feel that way as well, what needs to get better as you've seen them in person? Oh, man. Well, you, you worry about the front, um, the offensive front a little bit just because, and look, I think it's more of a, a mental lapse this week versus Rutgers, yeah. but uh, because they played so well against Penn State, against better talent, and then you would argue week one against Nebraska where they really elite, well, PFF thought so, um, they just they let up some negative plays. Um, you you worry, and I know this is what Ryan worried about. You know that hit that he took late, Justin took late against Penn State. Um, the hit, the sack that he took against Rutgers there early in that game. You know, if any of those end up being hit ball out, right? Like Justin, yeah. his his ability to hold on to the ball has been unbelievable in those situations. But when you're going against the the Clemsons or the Notre Dames or the Alabamas, that ball comes out and it's a turnover. Are you able to overcome those against those talented type of teams versus, you know, the, the lesser talented teams that, that we've been playing? Uh, that's probably an issue. The tackling concerned me against Rutgers. It just wasn't even a tackle. It was just bad angles. You know, like yeah. the, the punt return for a touchdown by, by Bo Melton, you had, you had it snuffed out. Tough did a good job forcing it back. Everybody else just took a really bad angle, uh, to yeah. the football. But, you know, bad angles, it doesn't matter if it's a missed tackle or bad angles. It just, it just looked poor. But those are the areas. Um, I think we can run the football. I think it's going to look different all year long, guys. We're not going to we're not going to have the 200 yard performance by one guy. I don't see it. Um, but I will say Rutgers, you know, was really good at at stopping the run. Albeit, albeit, it was against you know Indiana and and uh, and and uh, who they play, oh, Michigan State. So it's I'm still torn on how to evaluate the run game. You know, because. Especially after talking to Ryan, like Master does some stuff for us that is different. Uh, you know, he mentioned that he keeps he keeps us on track, um, keeps Ohio State ahead of the chains. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that you know we don't really talk about it a whole lot around here because of the fact that it is we're usually not needing to worry about time of possession per se. But yeah. he's a guy that, as you do face Clemson, as you do face Notre Dame or whoever you're going to play, that. He's going to get you to second and five more often than not. And so it might not be, oh, look at the 15, 20 yard burst through the line. Oh, we're, if we're always operating in second and five, second and six, yeah. and we're able to bleed the clock if we need to when talent equates, he's the perfect back for it. So there's, there's a lot here. Um, it just looks different as far as what the ground game looks like. That's, I mean, that's, I don't know if it's better or worse. It's not as electric. I'll put it that way. You're not holding. You got to go back a while, don't you, Bud? I mean, you got to go yeah. back to some of those. You know, right after you got done, like after Beanie. You know, when you had when you had Brandon and you had Boom, and then and then after you know, and then it was uh, Jordan Hall and it was Carlos Hyde and it was you know, it's not we we've been so spoiled to be able to do. You know Zeke to J.K. with Mike yeah. Weber in there as and well. Even Carlos Hyde. I mean, and even Carlos, Carlos is playing Hyde, in the league still, pro, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Carlos, so to go, Carlos yeah. Zeke, Carlos Zeke J.K. Yeah, with Mike Weber in there as well is that's just yep. elite. And I think the same thing is true with on defensive end. You you're not entitled to go Bosa Bosa Chase Young. I mean, we did. But that's and that's such an incredible thing to be able to pull off to identify five star players. 
develop them and have them make that type of impact. And I think the same is true of their backs. These are really nice backs. They're just not the home run hitters that we've had where yeah. they can take it 80, which is fine. You don't, it's just going to be a little different way about it. But I think that's a really important point because what you're trying to evaluate and the point you make on Teague, that you're trying to evaluate when you play Bama and you need to be in second and five, he's, he'll get you the five. Yes, he, he will. He'll be an advantageous. So that's, that's a critical thing. Um, for him and, and for this team going forward. We will hand out uh, some awards coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. You said when talent equates. Well, one thing you can say emphatically is that talent will not equate in the Big Ten this year. What a disaster for the powerhouses in this league, not named Ohio State over the weekend. How bad is it at Michigan, at Nebraska, at Penn State? We get into all of that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. Good morning, I'm Matt Andrews. The Buckeyes third in the AP and coaches poll after their win over Rutgers Saturday night. Alabama number one. Notre Dame bolts to number two after their win over previous number one Clemson. The Tigers are fourth. A&M fifth. Cincinnati checks in at seventh. Indiana in two weeks, ranked 10th. Players of the game for OSU over the win over Rutgers Saturday on offense, Justin Fields and right tackle Nicholas Petit-Friere on defense and special teams, linebacker Tuff Borland. Sunday night game last night, Bill is Brady versus Breeze, and the Saints' Breeze won in a no contest. He threw for four scores and a 38-3 spanking of the Bucks. Tom Brady threw three picks. Monday night football tonight, Patriots visit the Jets. We'll have it at 8 here on The Fan. This Sunday brought to you by The Basement Doctor, Central Ohio's most trusted name for your home since 1987. Visit basementdoctor.com. Breaking sports news on the fan, Ohio's sports destination. Well-dressed, well-spoken, but never, ever a well-drink. But chaos. Absolute insanity. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. I, um... Boy, I... Even even as bad as you thought it was at Michigan, this is this is something else. You know, you, you sensed it when you just saw Harbaugh talk in the lead up to the season. Even after they beat Minnesota, I, I've used this word for much of the season: uh, defeated. Mm-hmm. Exasper. I mean, it feels like he's just done. Like yeah. he smoked. He's done. He's defeated. It is a stunning turn of events it's a stunning turn of events to to think about where they were um when curtis samuel walked off and beat him and and what you felt like they were on do you remember my gosh i know that you do that don brown defense and and all of the stuff that they had that we kept hearing about that they they had those things and they did it without having you know a a true quarterback so you thought boy if he ever just gets the quarterback right they're going to be something because they had a, they had talent on their defensive line. They had talent at linebacker in the secondary. Devin Bush. I mean, they, a lot of dudes yep. that that were playing for them. And you look at where they are now. Yep. Dude, they were whipped by Indiana. You were right. I I didn't allow. I just thought, boy, if you have any guts at all, you handle Indiana. If you have any guts, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They didn't. It's not like they're not recruiting well. They are. They're recruiting fine. They have five star kids. They have four star kids. They they have plenty to be able to be contenders and they don't have any heart, man. And they don't have any guts and they're a program in free fall. Now free fall. When is 
Don Brown going to abandon his man principle? You could sense who was it, Brock Heward on the call? You could sense Yeah, I think it was Brock. You could sense whoever was the analyst kept saying, like, sooner or later you have to realize that you're getting beat because your your guys aren't executing what you want them to do. Yeah. So you have to change. And so I, I don't know, you know, as I sit here today, they play Wisconsin. That team's not beating Wisconsin. No. Hmm. So no. It, it depends if they play that game. And then the following week, like, you just wonder what's the give-a-crap level. They lose to Wisconsin. They go down – I mean – I think it's like Wisconsin, then they play Rutgers, which you know Seattle's going to fake every single thing in the book against them, too. Um, Rutgers is more impressive than Michigan. Rutgers yeah. beat Michigan State. Michigan lost to Michigan State. I can't even, you can't even say that sentence right. It's just it's insane. It's that's insane right. where they're at, and that's where that's where yeah. we are with the program. And so it needs it needs an influx of juice, you know, and you're seeing that – you're right. There's just no – there's no – there's no swag to the program. Like when he first None. got there, there was, and it's just all been yeah. beat out of him. It's kind of like if you want to find an individual equivalent to it, the closest thing I could think of is like earlier this year when Bake looked like he had no swag, when Baker Mayfield lost all of his juice. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Like, come on. Like, where's your zest? Where's your enthusiasm? Unknown to mankind. Like, it's gone. It is gone. It is. Yeah. Gone. I, I think if you go back and you do an autopsy, I mean, clearly this is the end of him. Right? I mean, there's no way. They, they don't have a contract beyond next year between him and them. There's no way that they as a university could justify paying him what he's being paid. Is it $7.5 million a year? You can't pay $7.5 million a year for a guy that's that's what this what he's delivering. You can't. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It right. doesn't make any sense. With universities and the trouble they are financially, it makes no sense. Um, you're not getting the return on the investment. You're, if, you, if you give him another contract, then you're going to have to pay an enormous buyout when you have to fire him down the road. There are no signs that this program's heading in the right direction. None. None. There's no momentum. There's no swag. There's nothing. There's, their situation is different than Penn State's to me, significantly different than Penn State's to me. And we'll get to them in a second. Um, but there are parallels between them and Nebraska. And we'll get to them in right coming up next. But just to put a ribbon on Michigan, to me, they've got it. If it's Matt Campbell, the, whoever, you don't want to fire Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he's a Michigan legend, right? And yep. when he first got there, he did stabilize it, and yep. he got it to where they could recruit it. And then, okay, now this is who we are. Can't get it to the level we are or really ever close, and he's obviously going backwards. Um, but – Maybe now, and we saw the reports, I think it was last week, about him and the Houston Texans job, that there would be, that he would maybe have an interest getting back to the NFL. It's almost like it's being planned. Right. You know, he'll go back, if an NFL team will have him, he'll go back to the NFL and and leave the Michigan, uh, leave, leave the Michigan program. But I, I think you have a hard time firing him. I think it'd be a weird look to fire. You're not going to fire him. You're going so to. So you need to have a <laughs> parting of the ways. Yeah, you're gonna need graceful to get parting of the ways. Parting of the ways. You're gonna, if if anything, you're trying to call Houston and say, hey, yeah, take this guy, mm-hmm. um, so we can, you know, mutually. And I beneficial. think he wants to be done too, don't you? He I do. Like- I sense it. Yes. Um, I think that look, he's still a competitor, so there's that part of him that's gonna drive him absolutely nuts. Yeah. When he gets to that point, but this is not uh, where he thought they were gonna be. This is not where I don't think any of us thought they'd be. I, I certainly did not have this. I had it way down. I thought I thought that they were going to be 
right up there, 10-year war with Urban and him yep. going back and forth. Nope. And that just has not been the case. Um, yeah, I, it, they, they are not – this team is not recognizable to what, I guess in my mind, I envisioned for them when Jim got there. So who's next? I don't. If I'm them, I'm trying to go after somebody who is going to be able to recruit Ohio. The brand can recruit you nationally in certain areas, right? Like there are certain people yep. who are going to want to put on the maize and blue and rock the Jumpman logo, and there's just a certain – they grew up with maybe their dad or grandpa constantly being Wolverine fans from back in the 90s, and it's going to – no matter what, you'll get some of those kids. But what's the backbone of your of your team going to be? And can you come in and really try to swing and at least be willing to fight Ohio State tooth and nail for some kids in Ohio and not abandon it? The two people who could do that are Matt Campbell and Luke Fickle. Yeah. Campbell would take the job in a second. I think he'd crawl bare-chested from Ames to do it. Yep. Yep. On his, you know, military crawl. I think Luke, I don't, I can't see Luke there. And I think, I can't either, but if I'm Michigan, I'm offering Luke Fickle a lucrative deal to try to come up there and just hear and just find out. I mean, he knows what that program is, you know. Yep. I, I just, to me, that, Maybe it's the Pollyanna in me, but to just to me, it seems like Penn State or Notre Dame would be the more logical choice. Oh, I totally agree. But I'm saying if I'm Michigan, I'm trying the best I I can. That's my first target. I agree. I agree. Yeah, he would be. He and Matt Campbell would be the guys you'd call and and say, "Would you come?" And I think Matt Campbell would take it in a second. And I think Matt. I think Jim Harbaugh quit recruiting Ohio when he lost Harrison. I think he said, "I can't. I'm out." I think he was. I think they thought they had him up until signing day. They thought they had him, and I think. Buddy, there's people in our program that thought they had him. Yeah. And I think he said, I'm out. I'm good. I'm not, I'm not going to go in there and lose to them anymore. I lose to him on the field. I can't lose to him in recruiting. I'm out. I'm going to go recruit Massachusetts or wherever the hell he's doing in the North. You can't lose if you don't play the game. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's not. That's what he's hoping for this week against Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, all right. Penn State losing to Maryland, um, is to me, this is a weird year for Penn State in terms of who their opt outs have been. And the one thing that, that I think has been exposed is, is Sean Clifford is a nice kid. He's an Ohio kid, St. X kid. But he there's a limit to what he can do. Yep. There just is. I mean, he's he has not played well this year. Two more interceptions against Maryland. Um, and he's not dynamic in any way. He's not Trace McSorley. He's not that type of player. So they don't have that that element at quarterback. And it's exposed on a on a weekly basis. I was surprised they were bullied by Maryland, though. I was. Me too, and you're absolutely right about Sean Clifford. So here's the problem. You name him captain last year. You name him captain this year. He's your leader. He's your intangibles guy. How do you replace that dude? So now you're in a situation where you're like, you know what, maybe we should go with Levis. But how's it going to go with the locker room if we bench our captain, two-time right. captain? I think That's they're almost trending on the season. Yep. Like they'll just, they'll just chalk it up to COVID, and we'll see in 2021. Yeah, well, we'll see Penn State. I'm not sure we'll see James Franklin there in 2021, but – he no, might he may out to Texas if yeah. Urban says no. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean that that could be the case. He may say, you know what, I've done all I can here. Um, but them being zero three is particularly shocking to be zero and three. Um, it's not nearly though for me. I still think that program has really good footing. I think that program's fine. It's a weird year. Nebraska's another thing entirely. And yeah. I thought Scott Frost needed this. Oh, he absolutely I Scott needed Frost it. needed this. He had two weeks yeah. to prepare for Northwestern. Yeah, and they so dominated. disappointed they, in the Huskers. They had so over 400 yards of total offense. They moved it up and down the field. They played both quarterbacks. 
and they come away with 13 points. Their inability to capitalize in the red zone or to finish drives is stunning. Um, we saw it against us, we, and it happened again against Northwestern over the weekend, and now they're 0-2. Northwestern's 3-0. and And if you're Scott Frost and you're Nebraska, I don't know. How, where do you go from here? I don't know. Without winning that game, you basically – how do you tell your guys in the locker room? How do you tell your fan base – Trust in my, in my philosophy, in my system, in my coaching. Trust we're going in the right direction. We're moving. Because that fan base does not care if Coach Fitzgerald is one of the best coaches as far as no, getting more out of uh-uh. his talent. They don't care. They said, damn it, we lost to Northwestern. In a non-COVID year, we would have more fans at Northwestern for the Cornhuskers than you would for Northwestern fans. And they're undefeated. Correct. Because they don't care about ball there. Like, their season ticket holders at Northwestern – Buy the tickets to then sell them to whoever's visiting. Like this would have been a great year for them. Buy season tickets. Okay, why? Well, we can sell them for a high amount for Nebraska fans that are going to travel up. Nice weekend mm-hmm. in Chicago. Go by the oh, lake, sure. see the beauty. Go to Evanston. It's gorgeous. It's lovely. Love going there. But yeah. their fans don't like going to the games because usually they're used to their team getting whooped. Well, yeah. I I can't I can't uh, look. You know how I feel about Nebraska and my love for the program, but I'm so disappointed in them right now. I'm so disappointed in them. It's tough. It's a it's a really it's tough because I like Coach Fitzgerald at. too. But it's just like right. no matter but what Nebraska Northwestern does, it. they're not going to. Nebraska is not going to be the brand in the West that people respect. No, and I'm going to tell you something. Northwestern else. is from yeah. our from our I vantage that, right? point. I don't know if I said Nebraska or Northwestern, but Northwestern won't be the brand. Nebraska needs to from be our the brand. absolutely. And from our vantage point, everything that happened here is the worst case scenario, right? Because now. Our Penn State win, not that we have to worry about it. We're going to win all of our games. But if you lose, now your Penn State win. Oh, it's wait. So what? Yeah. So no, what? No one cares. You, you think you're going to get any juice from playing a Michigan team that's – what is Michigan going to be by the time we play them? Two and five? Maybe. If they get to that point, right? Who are you going to play coming out of the West? Northwestern? Purdue? Northwestern or Purdue? I mean – One of those two. You're not going to have any juice in any of those games. And it's bad for the league – to have Michigan, Penn State, Nebraska. I mean, these these programs have to carry. They have to help us. Yeah. Help us help you. you got to help us carry this league. We've become the and ACC in that respect, bro. It's it's, it's Penn State it's has Florida become State. Yep. Florida State. We were like, what has happened? I don't even know Miami. another ACC school. Yeah. That's the hey, Miami. There you go. Yeah. It's Florida State, Miami, and, that, and when we're Clemson. At least they got yep. Notre Dame thrown in for a season. Right. Yeah, the the gap is the gap is growing, and and these were this was a, a, a potentially cataclysmic loss because Michigan wasn't even competitive, um, and and Nebraska, those two programs, I think Penn State's in much better position, yeah. but I think those two programs, this was this is a bad look for them. It's a bad look for the league, and I don't know where they go. I don't know what I mean. Scott's not going anywhere. They're not going to fire him. Uh, I don't know who they would get better, but he's he he needs to beat Northwestern. He needed to beat Northwestern. Yeah. And and now you just, you know, where do the wins start to come from? So tough, tough weekend in the Big Ten. A wild weekend in the National Football League. We take a look at some of the broad strokes. Nate Davis from USA Today will join us at the bottom of the hour. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Bishop and Laurinaitis is presented by Window Nation. Searching for a replacement window? Visit windownation.com today. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Meet or on the rocks. Just act accordingly. Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to, oh, first blood's on. I think I'll watch this again. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. 
So no Browns, no Bengals on Sunday. Did you? What did you take in? Did you? Did you red, red zone it? it. Did, I red you zoned zone. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the best way I think to. You kind of can see the whole league uh, at that point. There, there were a couple of things that that jumped out. Um, the the weekly reminder that everybody here are is is a pro with the Cowboys getting out to that big lead over the Steelers. Um, even though you say, geez, that's, sh- that should be, I mean, Pittsburgh got a hammer. I think the number on that yeah. was like 10 and a half. And I think, mm-hmm. um, it was 14 and I took Pittsburgh to cover yeah. that. Um, and it took every bit for them to hold on and win. Um, I think a couple ga- the two games where the contenders played contenders that were interesting was the bills dominating Seattle the way yeah. that they did. And then the saints whipping the bucks last night. I think those are the two that you go. Okay, those are attention getters. I think the Bills was was a was a big attention getter. Well, they both were, but the Bills they had been stumbling. So it's like, oh yeah. well, look what they found. Um, a little resurgence, a little got to be a big confidence booster. And look, took advantage of the one p.m. kickoff against Seattle. You mentioned that last week, the one p.m.er, the one p.m. kickoff. I remember you saying that. That's well, hard. I mentioned Seattle's- it because I have taken advantage of that numerous times. <laughs> The the um the the Seahawks have gone west already a lot. Yeah. Um and the Rams have had to do this. They've gone or east rather, they've gone east a lot. And and Josh Allen was spectacular and Pete Carroll said at postgame, look, we thought they'd come out running. I think they threw it on twenty of their first twenty two plays. Yeah. Buffalo did. Um and so that was one where they, they get that big return out of the gates and then score right away and Seattle was playing having to play catch up the whole game and Russ Russ makes up for a lot of their deficiencies in terms of their offensive line and um and certainly their defense. Their inability to get a pass rush is pretty pretty scary, I would think. Basically they have to manufacture it with without with uh Jamal Adams is about all they can do. Um but he can only do so much and when he doesn't play perfect you can't win 48-44 every week. Yeah. You know, at some point you got, you got to play a little bit of defense and get a stop, and they didn't play any. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Russell has to play per- perfect for them to win yeah, that football does. game, right? I mean, if he turns the ball over, that's when they've lost. It's yep. when he doesn't play normal Russell ball. So they don't play complimentary football to where, oh, Russell isn't perfect today. He's turned it over twice. He's also scored twice. Okay, we need to come up with a big pick or a big sack fumble. They haven't played that way in the games that they've no. needed them to. Um I'll tell you what, Matt Rule in Carolina. He's a coach, man. Yes, he is. I did not have that. No, I did not coach. have that. I, they played I kept so wondering, hard. what in the world are they doing hiring this guy? Yep. Well, <laughs> he can do it. He it's a nice it. team, too, with Anderson on the outside. They're using Curtis Samuel McCaffrey back this week. Bridgewater, um, they played hard. They play to the whistle. They do it week in and week out. They cover, it seems like, most weeks, and they did yep. again here. Um, all the while, as we're talking about all of this, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is 25-1 to 1, touchdown to interception mm. on the season, pretty sure. Mm. Um, so is that, that good? That's, we're, like, for, we've, we're talking all about Russ and all this stuff, and you forget how great Mahomes has been this yep. year. Um, they, can, they can just do everything. How about the, the Miami Dolphins? How about Tua? How about yep. that game? And yep. that's when I brought that up with Fields. When you think about Tua's ability to extend, Kyler Murray versus Tua was fun. This is a lot of fun. Uh, yep. Justin Herbert was awesome. They lose again, heartbreaking fashion. But these young quarterbacks, even the guys who are not as sought after, like the kid in Jacksonville, uh, Garrett Gilbert, these guys can just come in and play. I just, 
in my time being around, you know, paying attention to, to the NFL, I just can't recall a time where you can just come in and play and have success right away the way that you can now at the quarterback position. And I don't know if it's the NFL is just playing more college schemes or what it is, but these guys can come in and, and be good right away. It's pretty wild to see. I don't know what it is either, um, but it's it's one of those where you're like, ah, I the the there uh, the any given Sunday kind of I guess cliche is so true in the National Football League because people know how to scheme, people know how to. There's just a there's a certain effect to it. Like the Dallas Cowboys yeah. Steelers game was like, what? Right. What is going on? And yeah, really, as an hard. AFC North fan, you know, as someone that follows it, you're like, come on, Dallas, spring one right. on, you know, I mean, help people out. But it's championship teams in those situations know how to win, right? It's championship yep. culture. They found out a way. Pittsburgh did not play great, but they found a way. They found a yes, way at the end did. of the day to get it done. Yep, and so they go to 8-0. We're halfway through the NFL season. We've only had the two postponements. It was uh, the Tennessee games. that were. Other than that, we've played everything. Um, you had um, Matt Stafford on COVID list and looked at, frankly, he was out all last week of practice, really struggled. Then she went out with a concussion. Baker Mayfield of the Browns now on the COVID list. He can, if he, it's not him personally who's tested positive, but at the contact tracing. So he's out until at least Wednesday. So he has to have negative tests, negative tests, to get to Wednesday, the Browns practicing today, off tomorrow, and then again on Wednesday. So they would need him to to get through that. Um, I I was I think that the momentum was that the Bucks were going to be the best team in the NFC at the end of the day. That they yeah. are hosting the Saints. That they would play well. That revenge would be uh, you know a dish best served cold. Antonio and Brown. You, Antonio Brown, and what you got was dominated. I mean, yeah. just dominated. And yeah. and the Bucks just what were the rush stats in this game? Like they ran it eight times. It was terrible. Yeah, I think I mean, it was terrible. I know that. Um, I heard the the boys in the morning juice talking about the rush stats. I forget who had Rojo on their uh, fantasy team, but basically saying that he got nothing out of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I as Schlegel beats. I think Schlegel beat Bobby. So you can you can imagine Bobby is Bobby's getting after his little digital fantasy football team right now. He is he is laying into Not them. Having it. Five Bucks carries, eight team, yards. Yeah, five carries, eight yards. Five Gosh. for eight. Meantime, New, New Orleans was 37 for 138. Brady threw it 38 times, three picks. Um, Breeze, 26 to 32, 222. He just, just death by a thousand cuts. He's obviously not who he once was, but he's still so smart. Yep. And, and they, he can still just throw it to the open guy. They catch it and we matriculate it down. He's basically, it's basically like a run game. Yep. They use the pass game as a run game, really, because they don't And ever... how big of a difference Michael Thomas coming back? You can yeah. just see it, what it does. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they just – and if you're Tampa Bay, I mean, they've looked bad several times. Yeah. Not, not even I mean, like – Their defense looked like they – I mean, they couldn't even – they couldn't do anything. No. So it, no. It, that was surprising to me because um, I, I expected that to be – like I was actually excited to kind of try to stay up for that one. And then yeah. after the first quarter, I'm like, all right, this is going to be over. Let's yeah, let's turn the sleep timer on. Let's turn off the lamp. Let's get nice and cozy in bed. Yeah, it was it's it was done at that point. So you didn't have that you didn't have the type of of Sunday nighter that you thought you were going to have. And it was if you're the Bucks, you know, is it coaching? Is it lack of discipline? What is it that leads them to get whipped the way that they did? Because it's hard to wrap your head around. They're, they're I think you know. Honestly, I think it was just the way the flow of the game went. It was the three and outs, three and outs, and then the Saints 
not being able to stop them, it puts you in a probably in a play calling mode for for Bruce Arians and then that we can't be patient. Like once you go three and out, same score, three and out, same score, three and out, you're like, okay, we can't stick with the ground game. Yeah, we can't afford to get in third and long. So if we're running the football, we're not getting anything early. And we're not able to get into third and shorts and stuff like that. We gotta, we gotta start just going drop back pass. And it was the, the look, there are some games that just happen like that. And it stinks yeah. that it's against your division opponent. And it usually doesn't happen that way because you, you know the opponent so well. But maybe there's also a lull of, oh, Mike Thomas is back. So what's the new, tr- you know, wrinkles that we have here? Um, it, it's Emmanuel Sanders, you know, back. There, there's a lot of things that players that came back into it scheme wise that could help New Orleans. Quite frankly, at the, throughout the last four weeks of of tape that you're usually watching, because stuff that they're able to run with Mike Thomas and the relationship and stuff that you can't prepare for wasn't even in the game, the breakdown anyway. It wasn't since week right. one when they played them, and then both teams yeah. have changed since True. then. So everything about it, rain. Outside Tampa, Florida. Drew's not going to be good with the rain. Ball slippery, windy. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. No, didn't matter. And you're left asking the question, who's the best team in the NFC? And I don't know. I don't know who is at this point. We'll ask Nate Davis, NFL writer for USA Today. He joins us coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. What's the point of watching football all weekend if you can't overanalyze everything to death? That's why we bring you Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Taco Bell. The Fan. Their favorite sport is berating their producer. You just sat there for 10 minutes. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And time to head out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Our good buddy Nate Davis, NFL writer for USA Today, joining us there. Nate, thanks so much for the time. Let's just dive in with a pretty straightforward question, and I don't know what the answer is. I'm curious what you think it is. Who's the best team in the NFC? Man, well, I mean, after uh, after last night, I guess you have to say it, it's uh, it's probably New Orleans. But I mean, I think they're they're all pretty close. But um, you know, that was certainly an unexpected and impressive outcome after the Saints were playing a bunch of nick and tuck nip and tuck games. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas didn't make that big an impact for him, um, but just uh, crazy to see them dominate the Bucks so thoroughly on both sides of the ball. Nate, around the, the NFL over the weekend, there were some interesting outcomes. Bills over Seahawks. I, I know Seattle personally does not play that great in the one o'clock window uh, when they're traveling east. But as you jump around and, and you see scores like the Chiefs beating the Panthers, but the Panthers putting up a fight. Um, what what stood out to you? What did you take away from this weekend uh, of NFL contests? Well, you know, I guess James, and you know, you, you guys asked me who the best team in the NFC is. I mean, it, it's. I mean, I think we're just kind of in a, a who knows kind of season. I mean, there, there yeah. is no real super team, I don't think, unless maybe, you know, Kansas City emerges as that. I don't think it's going to be Pittsburgh, though, you know, they, they've got a reasonable path to 16 and 0 right now. I, I don't think they'll do that. But um, you, you said, you know, the the, Chiefs, or the, the Panthers put together a really nice game plan uh, of keep away and almost take out the Chiefs on the road. Um, you know, I think everyone had, had the Steelers. You know, covering you know their their huge number and, and and having to roll over the Cowboys with with their what their fourth quarterback and, and that doesn't happen. Um, and, and then you see the result last night where you know it looks like the Bucks were, were starting to establish themselves as the top team in the NFC and and you know you, you see that happen. So I, I think it's just going to be one of those things like we we're, we're going to have to stay glued to this and that's really what the NFL wants. And obviously we all know the NFL is set up 
to, to make everybody eight and eight every year. Um, just just with with the whole the whole parody aspects of it, and, and you're certainly seeing it, you know, here in 2020. Nate, it's something to watch these young quarterbacks play. Herbert really was incredible. I know they lost, but I mean, you put two balls right on the money, and the receiver just couldn't come down with them. And he's been doing that for a while. Joe Burrow here in our state has been great for the first half of his season. We saw Kyler versus Tua last night or yesterday afternoon, rather. That was awesome. Tua coming right in, second start, and he went toe to toe with one of the most exciting players of the league. And Kyler, Josh Allen, a young guy who's thriving. Uh, what do you make of this young group of quarterbacks, and, and how quickly they're having so much success? Yeah, well, the quarterback position, you know, in the NFL is in good hands, and I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll even be more so once once we get Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence in the, into the mix, presumably next spring. But but you're right. The thing that's surprising is just how well these guys hit the ground running anymore. Um, it seems, and certainly this year, with without the uh, the benefit of an off season or mini camp or training camps. Um, to see how, how well Joe Burrow has done, and you know, you have to give the coaches some credit. I know the Bengals had a lot of a lead up time with him, and, and we're kind of able to install a lot, a lot of things that you know, he liked ahead of time, and had had so many meetings with him before he, he was even drafted. Um, but but to me, yeah, you mentioned him. I mean, the offensive rookie of the year front runner right now has got to be uh, Justin Herbert, and, and just given how well he has played week after week after week, um, and and not having the same benefit. Uh, that Joe Burrow did in the offseason and that he, he knew where he was going or that he was even designated as a starter uh, at the beginning of the year. But he has just played so fantastically um, every week. Um, you know, the, Obviously, the Chargers haven't gotten the results in the win column. I think they've lost their six games by a total of 24 points. But you know, don't, don't pin that on, on any failings of Justin Herbert, losing these games to, to the Tom Brady's and the Pat Mahomes. Um, you know, et cetera. And, and I'm, I think if you're you're a Chargers fan, you know, as, as, as bad a luck as the Chargers usually seem to have in all aspects of their team, you know, it sure looks like you at least got a good quarterback for the next, you know, 10, 10 to a dozen years. Nate, I, I really I don't want to watch this football game tonight between the Patriots and the Jets, but I love football, so I will watch it. And I remember where we were in March and April, right, where there was no sports on. So I'm going to watch the football game. So I'm trying to ask what – what is your opinion of Cam Newton, and is he is he close to two things? Being replaced by Stidham, no matter what we've seen of Stidham, is he being close to being replaced because it's been a struggle for Cam? And do you think this is the last year that we see Cam Newton starting? I mean, that's a, with the exception of some miraculous turnaround of his play. Well, I mean, I, I guess those are kind of inter, interlinked uh, questions. Um, but, you know, I think Cam is a guy we, we mentioned, you know, offseason and a lot of other stuff. I mean, he got signed at the 11th hour before before teams reported for training camp. Um, and, you know, he's going to a team that, you know, what, what did we talk about all last year with the Patriots is, is they don't have any weapons. Um, yeah. That that didn't change this off season. You know, Cam obviously has been was a factor early in the season where, where he was the weapon, and he made those other guys around him a little better because you had to have a guy up in the box keeping an eye on, on Cam, which you didn't have to have for Tom Brady um, previously. Uh, but I mean, for, for him to go to a new team, entirely new culture, you know, to, to a coaching staff, and we all know how great Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, et cetera, are. Um, and the continuity they, they've established up there, they don't have continuity of offense this year. I mean, they're they're trying to win a totally different uh, way of playing offensive football. So I don't know how much of this you you pin on on Cam Newton, um, but you know it's gonna it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how how the Patriots move forward. I mean, you would think that if they they lose tonight, you know, by, by some by some miracle to the winless Jets, that they they're gonna have to start evaluating Jared Stidham and, and figure out, hey, do we bring Cam back? 
beyond this year? Do we are we are we looking to get up for for a Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence if possible uh, in the draft, or are, are we looking at, at veteran options out there uh, in the league? And and you know, it continues to be one of the great stories of this year. It's just kind of you know the question we were all asking was did, did Tom Brady make Bill Belichick or did Bill Belichick make Tom Brady? Um, it's been fascinating hearing Belichick kind of talking about salary cap issues and other things right now because it certainly looks like right now that, that Tom Brady was, was the key ingredient to that whole thing. It certainly looks like he covered up a lot of holes that they had there. Uh, Nate, yep. I'll, I'll get you out of here on this one. We're halfway through this season. Um, we reached the halfway point officially about midway through the games on Sunday. Um, we have had The NFL has had very little in terms of COVID disruption. We've had players test positive, but by and large, by, we're playing – these games, uh, aside from Tennessee, where they had to had to maneuver a little bit, we've seen games on Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, but I, from my vantage point, this has been pretty impressive. The way the NFL has has gone to this point at the halfway mark, what grade do you give the league on the way they've handled this? And do you foresee any more trouble going forward? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of said all along, I kind of have to give the league, uh, you know, B plus, A minus, kind of kind of a grade for all this. I mean, they, they haven't had the benefit of a bubble. Um, you know, and, and, and to me, the, the big hurdle throughout all of this w- was that you've got so many guys who are 22, 23 years old, um, many of them single, many of them coming into money uh, for, for the first time, uh, and, and many of them coming into, you know, scads of, of, for a free time outside of the discipline of a college program, you know, for, for the first time or, or early in their careers. Uh, and for the most part, you know, they, they've showed pretty miraculous discipline so i think i think the players coaches and the people around these teams deserve a heck of a lot of credit for for like you said for for the most part uh, avoiding too many covid potholes and then remaining disciplined throughout this process and, and you know it, it does seem we, we are having more and more of a rise of, of, of certain instances and i think there was one point last week where, where there were four teams that were all you know you know, conducting practice virtually, um, and you know, we still, we've seen Baker and the Bengals have their their issues. But I think overall, you know, and, and the other thing is you have to give the NFL credit for continuing to to keep the hammer down on these guys and, and make sure they're staying in line. But um, overall, I think pretty impressive effort on on all sides here. Yeah, I agree with you. Certainly do. He is Nate Davis. He's the NFL writer for USA Today. We thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Nate. Always enjoy talking to you. Enjoy that past game, James. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be yeah, thrilled. I will. Gonna well, G Dub, you got G Dub. So that's oh, I got, yeah, yeah, G Dub. He might just G-dub. he might just say, you know what? I'm just gonna blitz every single snap. Zero. Let's go. That line now is minus ten. By the way, minus. 10 I mean, Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, Patriots, Jets. Who'd have thought? <sighs> I think I'll pass. I'll watch a little. A little with Black Cobra before he goes to Look, bed. I'm going to watch a little bit. Go I'll probably fall asleep else. in the first half. But yeah. I I remember March. I remember April. I fear no, what's true. coming. No, we got, you saw the news. Great news today, by in all seriousness. Great news today from Pfizer. Uh, 90% effectiveness on the vaccine. Yeah. Two-thirds of our country won't take it. Well, I will. <laughs> I'll be first in line. Inject me with that sucker. Let's go. As soon as you can give it to me, I'm for it. Uh, we hit a little thing or not a thing up next. Fish with Lord Ida, it's right here on the fan. Can you feel yourself becoming more unproductive? It's because Football Friday is coming. Presented by Byers Auto Group. The fan. If you say something with confidence, then you can't be wrong. I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. So many um, games this weekend. Michigan ran it 18 times for 13 yards. 
Yeah, Clemson ran it 33 for 34 yards. Uh, Penn State was 36 for 94, 2.6 a carry against Maryland, and the Bucks ran it eight times. You got to have a threat. You got to have a threat. Now, some of this is you're chasing. I get it. You're chasing, and you give up on the run. Some of this is just complete ineffective. I mean, got to stay balanced. 33 times 34. A balance yards. doesn't mean you know. Balance is the threat a runner pass on any yeah. snap. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's just our. It, that's the toughest to defend. It's not yep. looking up and seeing 250-250, although that was the goal of Urban Meyer teams, was trying to get 250 on the ground, 250 through the air. Right. I think the goal of, of Kevin Wilson and Ryan Day is more 200 on the ground, 300 in the air. Yes, <laughs> I think you're right. You get to 500 both ways. Time for Thing or Not a Thing. Chops is here. Go Chops. Bishop and Laurenitis. Things or Not a Thing. All right, here we go on a reaction Monday. Tough Borland was named the defensive player and special teams player of the game in the Buckeyes' win over Rutgers. Thing or not a thing? Yeah, real solid player. You know, I have a, I, have a, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he had a nice game. He had a really nice game. You probably watched this closer than I did. Well, I mean, nobody really. I mean, Tough played solid. Uh, he had a really nice block on the um, springing block, if you will, on the fake punt. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the only sack in the game for the Buckeyes. So if you want to say, hey, what's a concern for you? We got one sack against Rutgers. Um, so you're, yeah, I mean, sure. It was it was a game where a lot of people played, and there wasn't one that one person was going to just absolutely wow and stand out. So give it to your leader. Give it to your captain who played solid. This from NFL Research Twitter. Last night was the 333rd start of Tom Brady's career. That includes playoffs. It was the first one in which his team has trailed by 30-plus points at halftime. Thing or not a thing? I think the it's a big thing for a lot of reasons, but it, it just goes to show you how the marriage of he and Belichick, like they were in games always. Mostly one, but we're oh, in yeah. games. And that this... This is a little bit of amateur hour in Tampa. It is. A little bit. There's a lot of lack of discipline. Um, there was no threat of the run. They bailed on it quickly, as you pointed out earlier. Um, and in ter- from a play-calling standpoint, a lot of what they did make didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, so this that was a str- that was as strange a game as you'll see. Them getting beat 38-3 to and down, what were they down, 31 nothing, 31-3 at half? I have to say, I've played, I've played with some really poorly assembled football teams in the National Football League. I'm having a hard time recollecting if we were ever down 30 at halftime. So there's something I did better than Tom. (laughs) There you go. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah, I, but it looked to me that Arians thought that they could win through the air against the Saints secondary. And that was how they were going to attack. And when you went three and out, three and out, I mean, they tried to go after Gronk a couple times early, and Malcolm had great coverage. I think they thought that was a matchup they were going to win. And just go, because he's gotten better as this season's gone along. And at one point, they put up the stat of the amount of defensive plays he's played. Oh, yeah. He's playing every play. Yeah. He's done it like the last three years. He's played every play. He's a dude. He's one of the most competitive people I've ever been around. Yeah. It's amazing to still have that fire burn after all he's accomplished. Warren Sharp pointing this out. The 2020 Bills became just the 13th team in NFL history to record 20-plus first downs in every single one of their first nine games. The last two teams to achieve that made the Super Bowl, the 2018 Rams and the 2017 Patriots. Thing or not a thing? Well, that seems like a thing. And I'm I'm, I'm dangerously close to putting them into 
they're really close to getting into Baltimore territory from yeah. the standpoint of if they are a tough team to chase. They play really good defense. They've got playmakers on defense, and if they can get ahead in a game, it's hard to it's hard to chase them down. It is. It is. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, they're they're tough to read because they had that middle like what last two three weeks that you're like, yep. Ugh, what are we watching? The Jets game, but, yeah. man, yeah, weird, really good. From ESPN Stats and Info, James, you can help me on this because people say Muhammad his name different. Ibrahim. Ibrahim. People say his name different every time they say it. Yep. Muhammad Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Has joined Javon Ringer, 2008 for MSU, as the only Big Ten players with nine rush TDs through three team games over the last 20 seasons. Ibrahim is the first Big Ten player with 140 rush yards and two rush TDs in three straight games since Ezekiel Elliott in 2014 for Ohio State. Thing or not a thing? It's a thing for a lot of reasons. Number one, I didn't, I mean, we remembered him from a year ago, but I thought that this would be, uh, this would be Bateman, that he would be the one statistically exploding. It's Ibrahim who's doing it. Um, he's been impressive and, and they got a win over Illinois, so that's good for them. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, Muhammad Ibrahim runs hard. It's still, like, PJ and his whole system with the RPO, he still loves to run the football. Like, that's what he wants to do first. And you're right with Bateman. You thought he'd be the guy, and he still is, I mean, really good. I think he had a touchdown reception in the game, maybe a couple. But Muhammad Ibrahim runs extremely hard. And, um, you know, I think he's a guy that you will see on Sundays. Now, he might be one of those late-round draft picks, right, because I'm not sure how fast he is. You know, he's not going to wow you at the Combine. But he's just one of those dudes that you feel like is is you're gonna you know third fourth round pick and next thing you know you look up and he has a couple hundred yard games in the NFL right like he just runs hard. Last one today, Kyle Trask is the first player in SEC history with four passing touchdowns in five consecutive games. Thing or not a thing? Uh, I mean, it's it's a thing. It's them housing Georgia is a is a bigger thing though. Uh, we have, we didn't talk about that one much, but um, that's a that's a monster result for Florida. Yes, that's it a is. big time result for them. And that's yes, it is now, Dan. First of all, that puts them into the cha- into the national championship picture. They are clearly going to win the East. Um, it now puts them a win over Bama. It looks like they maybe have the quarterback to give Bama some struggles. They certainly have the tight end. Um, and and now now that's now that's recruiting because they're Florida and Georgia recruiting the same players, guys. Yep. Yep. You're absolutely right, and so that's a huge deal for them. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, all right, coming up next, we hit you with the Buckeye Blitz. What did we learn this weekend? Who gets our game balls? Who earned a courtesy car? All of that and so much more. Bishop and Lauren it's right here on The Fan. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good morning, I'm Matt Andrews. Big Ohio State men's basketball news yesterday. Multiple outlets reporting Michi Johnson, a high school senior from Cleveland and Garfield Heights, is reclassifying to this 2020 class, graduating from high school early, and he plans to enroll at Ohio State in December. Columbus crew a 2-1 win yesterday at home over Atlanta. That win will net them a third seed in the MLS playoffs, a date in the postseason with six-seed New York Red Bulls. Game date and time to be announced. NASCAR yesterday, 24-year-old Chase Elliott won the NASCAR. NASCAR Cup title with a win at the Phoenix Raceway. In golf, 
Carlos Ortiz won the Houston Open by two shots. It's now Masters Week at Augusta, the final major of the year. Monday Night Football tonight, Patriots visit the Jets. Kickoff just past eight here on The Fan. This update's brought to you by your Central Ohio Toyota dealers. Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Breaking sports news on The Fan. The finest distillation of sports talk in all of Ohio. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. That was uh, big news in the update there. Michi Johnson reclassifying in, in this season yeah. uh, at Ohio State on the hoops front. He was he, he blew out his ACL, I want to say, in his sophomore or junior year. Um, but as a freshman, was a sensation. Up in Cleveland. And when Dwayne Wade was with the Cavs, which it's hard to remember that he was, but Dwayne Wade was with the Cavs, he and LeBron would go watch him play in high school. I mean, that's <laughs> – can you imagine? Like, that's – what a uh, what a revelation. that, that's a, that He was a big yeah. get. And he's he's got a chance to be like a real program point guard here where they recruit around him for a couple of years um, and still the uncertainty Let's hope around so. the season, Let's obviously, hope so. there. I thought DJ would yeah. be one, too. Yeah, yeah, I know it. It's a good point out of you, um, but but hopefully hopefully that you can stick around and build something there. And um, you know, Coach Holtman trying to figure out you know when are we going to play? What's it going to look like? Pulled out of South Carolina, South Dakota, so so much uncertainty. Hey, I uh, looked with, up DJ basketball. Uh, DJ's last name's pronunciation guide. So if you want to, if you need a little help with saying his name, it still has Uwe Ungalele. Yep. It's so O O H. Did I get it right? O O H dash E E dash capital a h n u e on dash g g u h dash l u h l dash l a y u e on g l le u y on g l oh i'm adding there's another l that i was missing i went lele u no it's lele lele l u h l a y on g La so if you want to if you want to be cool with your friends, you know, over the Zoom, Ooh, Zoom happy Lally. hour since nobody goes to the bar and talks sports anymore. If you want to be cool with your friends, it's <laughs> O O H dash E E dash A H N dash G U H dash L U H dash L A Y. Which by the way, I did refer L-U-H. to U H. Yep, Lole. I did help. Um, I did help. Wow, uh, you know, clear up stuff with Jerry Emig. By the way, I said, look for Tommy Togia. What you have to do is don't say hard G. Just change it to G H E E like the butter, and he loved it. I don't know if he'll change it, but he loved it. He's like, "Oh, look at you! You well, must he, cook." I'm like, "You're damn right, I do." I was like, "But he's a fellow Minnesotan like you, yeah. so I'm guessing he'll 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 take care of you." I doubt it. He, though, he's not changing front. all that. He's he's got too much stuff to change, like Justin Fields' unbelievable stats, right? And like he ain't changing all that. Now I got to go to Maryland's Lovely. website. Yeah. Young, boy, it's hard to even even if it's spelled out to say Uyung it fast. Uyung is hard. Uyangolale. <laughs> wow. Uyangolale. Yeah, like that. It's tough. That's a tough one. Though. I got to find the Maryland. But uh, Tua was find... that way too. He was. And then you got used to saying but it. it was That's easy. how it was with Jan. It's almost easier when you hear him say it. Like, I appreciate Like, the University of Minnesota, they do. Um, like, they have a, they have a defensive end, Winston De La Badir. You should see how to spell that thing. Um, but he would say it. They have their own guys say their last names. Which, so you can read it and then also hear it, and you can hear how they say it and, and to make sure you're. Yeah, yeah. 
Tua was that way, and then it became something you would just say it fast, and uh, Giannis was that way, Atatacupo. Like, you looked at that, and it was like, wow, that's a lot going on. But yeah. then you started to hear it, and then it became, and I think that'll be the same. This DJ kid's a stud. The kid at Clemson's yeah. a stud. So, yeah. I'm we'll just trying to find – now I'm, see, now I'm searching the game notes for Maryland so I can get – Tulia? Tulia. Make sure that's how it's said. Because, like, yeah. listen, you, you can't just watch games because – our guy Gus said Muhammad Ibrahim one time. Like, Gus, that's not it. Right. Love you, yeah. but that ain't it. That so ain't anyway, it. So then no. you start second-guessing yourself. Yeah. Well, I do that constantly. All right, let's hit the Blitz on a Monday. We start with we do this well, and there's a pretty common theme here week in, week out. Yeah, you know, the the lazy one for me would have been just like, oh, we throw the football. I'm going to go a step further. The deep passing game. All right, going into the game. Justin Fields had only had one incompletion on throws over 15, throws over 20, throws over 30 yards. I mean, it's, he was third, I think, in the first two weeks that they had played, and I, I'm interested to see kind of where these stats fall after after this last weekend. But he was third in the country in, like, completions with how far the ball has traveled in the air. So not just, like, passing yeah. yards, but passing yards through the air. Like, mm-hmm. so it's the deep passing game. He's, we've always been okay at the short intermediate stuff, right? Even JT was was good on the short crossers and the spot routes and all that stuff. But what's blown everything open for us with Justin and Dwayne and all these guys is the fact that it's the down the field. His accuracy down the field has been extremely impressive, and that's what we do well. We, we set it up. Uh, I called it in the game. When, when you get to the plus territory and it's a 12 personnel, tight ends are on the same side. He's going to max protect, and he's going to take shots. Boom, here it comes, and Justin's hitting on those. Yep, it's interesting. I literally wrote, "We spin it deep." That's that we. It's it's like how how I play college football fourteen yeah. against the boys. Like I'm not throwing crossers. Like yeah. we're gonna hit those deep balls. We're gonna hit them. Um, and and you can hit them, and we hit them better than anybody in the country right now. We won't beat Bama if we continue to do this. I think. If we keep tackling poor, if we keep having a – if we can't get to the quarterback with four, I get nervous. So why do I say that? I chose And I chose this over protection. I think protection has become an issue at times too. And some of that's not just the line. Some of that's Justin holding it too long. But you don't want to see your quarterback getting smoked against Rutgers. He got, he got hit a couple times. But one sack against Rutgers? Yeah. That's – and I and look, they – they were held the ball a couple times, but if we can't get there with four, is our secondary deep enough, Bo, to where if we blitz and don't get home, are you confident we'll hold up against the Bamas, against the Clemson, against the Notre Dames? You know, I mean, I, I that's what I want to see. Can we can we improve the pass rush game and all that stuff as this goes forward, and hopefully we can against Maryland. Yeah, that, that dovetails into mine. We're giving up way too many chunk plays. We give up a lot of big plays. We're three games into this. We've given up a lot, more than I'd like to see, and more than you could to survive against Bama, for sure, because Mac Jones will throw it down the field. Um, even without Waddle, they, they still have enough talent to be able to make you pay. So, um, And obviously, DJ and Trevor, whoever's quarterback in Clemson, they're not afraid to throw it down the field either. So the, the chunk plays, and that goes to tackling and everything you said, um, so, so all of that stuff adds up. I'd like to see more of this. What would you like to see more of? Oh man, I'd like to see more takeaways defensively. Yeah. Right. I mean, we need to get the ball, like, because that's one of those things too. It has to be a cultural thing 
of, hey, we're punching the ball out or we're doing – and I think, you know, last year we took Chase Young for granted. Like every single game of sack fumbles like Miles Garrett earlier this season, right? Yeah. I, I, I need to see more takeaways because in those games where things aren't going perfect, that's where it can flip on you. And that's what Ryan was saying on the Zoom with us this week. He was talking about Master Teague and he's going to eat up clock and he's going to be able to get ahead of the chains. He's like, you put serious stress on a team, say you're playing – you know, Penn State, say you're playing Clemson, say you're playing some of these teams that you think talent equates, and you're able to wear on the clock, you're able to get six yards on a first down, and it's a physical run, and then you're able to get a takeaway. Now you just took away a possession from them, and you're able to punch those. Like, that puts so much pressure on the opposing offense, yeah. but we need to start taking the ball away. I'd like to see some more from the backup receivers. I mean, I know what, what the two studs can do. I know what Garrett can do. I know what Chris Olave can do. I'd like to see a little bit more from somebody. I mean, Jameis Williams had the one. It's a touchdown. But we didn't see much. Hardly nothing in Fleming. Nothing in Jigba this week. Like, well, with Fleming COVID dropped the one. Everything. I know that that probably got Hartline fired up. Got Puts him, him in early. Up. Drops the yep. deep dig route. You can't see him again till the end. And then... As we highlighted, Ryan Day flips out on the sideline because he puts in G. Scott and Julian Fleming. And one of them, somebody isn't lined up right to where they have to take a timeout. Yep. That's where the coach goes, you know what? I'm trying to play you. are done. Get out. Yeah. So they got to be I don't know. I don't know whose fault it was, but you're right. I want I, I want to see the talent because it's there. Yeah. And you're, just in a COVID year with injury, we're so Olave Wilson heavy right now, um, which they're great. But I just, you know, I want to see some of those other guys start to make a little bit of a mark. Coach, who earned his courtesy car this week? Oh man, I put Ryan Day, and and the reason is is that you go into this game with a fake punt. I certainly didn't think he'd have a fake punt for Rutgers. No. The guy thinks of everything, and to call yeah. it, the sense that hey, we have a chance here. If we know Greg's going to be aggressive. We have a chance here to really steal a possession and really open this thing up. Instead of punting up fourteen three or whatever, we can really yeah. Coach took it seriously. Yeah, he did. I'm, I'm going to give it – this is unprecedented territory in the uh, three weeks we've done this. I'm going to give it to the opposing coach. I'm going to give it to Shiano. I was so impressed to see somebody who knows he doesn't have the answers but throw oh, everything yeah. at you. Yeah. Like, he threw everything. Like, they kept chopping the wood, which is what he's trying to build that program. And to yeah. the, to not kick field goals, to try onside kicks in the third quarter, to, to do everything you can – to win the game. That's the objective. What difference does it yep. make if you could beat 63 to 7 or 49 to, to 7? It doesn't make any, 49 to 10 doesn't make any difference. So, but his team kept fighting and he threw everything at Ohio State. And I think that's the way that you can build a competent program. I do. By the way, he wouldn't be the worst coach at Michigan. Um, <laughs> you know. Gosh. You're, you're right. I mean, you just, you did just throw that at me. I wonder if he would I take did. it. I mean, yes, he would take it. Of course you would take After it, one year? <sighs> yeah, it'd be tough. Well, it depends. If he upsets Michigan, then you got your, hey, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a, just give me the address of the football building. I'll, I'll start packing up my stuff. <laughs> right? Just fuck. Uh, offensive game ball. What's more likely to you, real quick? It's Justin Fields. It's obvious. Six touchdowns to count four. Yeah. My goodness. Right. He still has more touchdowns to count for than incompletions. But who would right. you, <laughs> what's more likely to happen? If I had to, if I, if I got to get you to bet your vast estate on Urban yeah. going to Texas or Shiano to Michigan. Urban to Texas. Seems more likely than Shiano to Michigan. I think Shiano's pull would be more, I could see Penn State for him. Oh, of course. Would be a What about a James Franklin pull? to Texas? Shiano to Penn State. Anyway, go on. Who's your Yeah, there's a lot. I just think, like, the, the job he's done early 
for them. I think he's been. I think they've been inspired. I think I. I just respect a coach who like how many times have we seen coaches down big desk kick field goals. Oh, or of after course. Scoring a touchdown Scott, to cut it to twenty. Scott was still in the deep. game. Kicked a field goal. Kicked a field goal. Right. Like yeah. no, go try. That's not, you can't beat Ohio State that way. So I just was impressed yep. that he did it. We handed out the game ball. Defensive game ball. I mean, I went none here. I didn't. I guess I would go tough Borland just because the team did. But I looked at yeah. the box score. I looked at the game. Nobody really stood out. Nobody. Stood um, out. It was a. I mean, solid. There but, wasn't. There wasn't that one. You know, guy that you're like, yeah, that dude's playing playing well. Um, so, I, you know, by by, I guess process of elimination, tough Borland. We haven't we haven't had at the early start to the season. We have not had, and this is something we've been used to for a long time under Urban, a defensive player that you can't take your eyes off of. I mean, this goes yeah. back to, I mean, you guys have been doing this for 20 years. There's always been. In your era, uh, all the way through and in into Ryan Shazier, into the Boses and Chase and the Corners and Malik Cooker and all of the, this defense right now, I'm looking at him going, all right, who's the superstar here? Yeah. I'm who's going to be, who's a day one league guy? Is it still Sean Wade? Who's that guy? I don't know who that is right now with this I defense. feel bad for Sean because I mean, even, because now it's starting to look like he's struggling at the high point. And I know he can do it, but the two unbelievable catches by Dotson, which Dotson yeah. had another nice catch against Maryland. Um, but then Giovanni Haskins in the back of the end zone that went up yeah. over Sean Wade. It looked like it was going to be a pick, and their starting tight end for Rutgers goes up and high points it better than you for a touchdown late in the game. Now you're saying, gosh, just you could just tell too with Sean's body language after, like, you got to be kidding me. Right. <laughs> you know? So I feel bad because he's in great position. It's not like he's – it's just – for whatever reason, the the jump balls aren't going his way so far in 2020. No, Justin Fields Heisman grade. Oh, A plus. It's an A plus. You threw three football games, buddy, and, and my goodness, you have more touchdowns accounted for than incompletions. Yeah, it's an A plus. What's he an 86 percent passer? Yeah. Like, come on. What do you? I mean, uh, win it all grade. I got it as an A. I got it as an A. Here's why: the quarterback. There's still things that concern me, but it's quarterback. And that's the only reason I go A minus, just because of what I kind of alluded to defensively. Who's the game wrecker? Right now at all three yep. levels defensively, I just don't see a super duper star any, yep. anywhere. A lot of really good players, but I need someone to elevate into that level before I go A on that. But I think yep. this team could beat anybody in the country, to your point, because of the quarterback. All right, we play a little higher or lower up next. Austin Ward at the bottom of the hour. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Bishop and Laurinaitis is presented by Window Nation. Searching for a replacement window? Visit windownation.com today. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. D, drinking responsibly with a touch of class. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Let me talk to you about my friends over at Affinity Whole Health. Guys, if you're over 30, it's time to know your number. Go get your blood work done. See where you're at. See if you're low. See if they can help you out. They can. I know they can help you out, especially if you're low. They can help you get right back into the zone, into the danger zone. Feeling juiced, getting more out of your workouts, just more out of your life. Feeling better, feeling like you were back in your 20s. Go to feelgreatcolumbus.com and find out how. There you go. All right, time for a little higher or lower. Go, Chopper. It's time for higher or lower on Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, we have a new number one, but we all know that. Let's look a little deeper. Cincinnati is number seven at six and zero. Oh. Higher or lower? 
Oh, boy. I, for me, this just comes down to them and BYU, who I would have. I, I don't know that I could jump them over Florida. I don't know if I could jump them. Although, boy, I think both them against Florida and Texas A&M would be a good game at this point. Um, honestly, like, I would probably just move Florida up to five. I know A&M beat Florida, though. That's tricky. I'm going to say they're where they need to be. But BYU is right there with them. Yeah, I think they're right where they need to be as well. Um, That's a hard one. It is. It is. Um, and and uh, BYU might be asking for a recount of the vote. Um, yeah. But they are they are really close. They are really close. Uh, yeah, I think Cincinnati is right where they need to be. Indiana jumps into the top ten at number ten, just barely getting in there. Higher or lower? Higher. They're better than Miami. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're better than Miami too. I think their wins are more impressive than Miami's wins. I would, I would have them higher. Um, this is hard. We talked about this, how these, so many of these power conference teams have multiple losses. So that's how you have Louisiana ranked. You have Coastal Carolina ranked, Marshall ranked, because nobody knows what to do. I mean, you know think about the worst the- part for Indiana, Bo, What's up? is that they're going to be, you know, 10 or whatever, and then they're going to play us and we're going to act accordingly and we're going to beat them probably by 24. Mm hmm. And then you're going to look up, and Indiana will be dropped to the 20s. And you'll be saying to yourself, what? That's not fair, because Miami got spanked by the only team they play, and right. they almost got upset last week, but because they're the U. Yes. Versus this is, the Hoosiers. This is why you and I talk that about, is why the, the about That is why it matters about Nebraska. Right. That's why it matters about Nebraska's 3-0 and in Big Ten play because of a brand. Yeah. They're ahead of Miami. No question. They're ahead of BYU. They're ahead of no Cincinnati because it says Cornhuskers. Yes. Same would be true if it were Penn State or Michigan. Yep. They'd be ranked. And that's I mean, why honestly, it matters, if, people. If, if it were Penn State or Michigan, they'd be ranked fifth. Yeah. Oklahoma, they're up to number 18, higher or lower. So did they beat – Iowa State beat them, right? Correct. I think Iowa State beat them. So I think both Iowa State and Oklahoma need to vault – both of them need to vault ahead of Marshall, Coastal Carolina – Oklahoma State and B. I don't know what to do with them with Wisconsin. I don't know what to make of Wisconsin. I mean, they played I don't one either. game. It was so long ago. It's and who knows what they're going to look like whenever they get back. But I think they need to be ranked higher. But I think Iowa State's got to go with them. I'm with you. I, I, I mean, I how is Coastal Carolina at 15? Right. We talked about it. We know why. But I just it's it feels just right to say it. I mean, <laughs> right? Oklahoma right. should be up there. Um, they're starting to play better, but. It's okay. It's the Big Twelve is so on the back burner for me. They're done. They're out. Yeah, it's hard to in every way. Hard to even think about them. Georgia fell to twelfth after their loss to Florida. Higher or lower? They got a really good defense, but they. I mean, their quarterback. Boy, does their quarterback hold them back. Their quarterback situation is a nightmare. You see why they went so hard after the Wake Forest transfer, who eventually opted out. Um, I think one of the great what-ifs in the history of their program is what if we would have just kept Justin Fields and played him over Fromm rather than play the Fromm loyalty card. I think it's one of the greatest what-ifs because if if Justin Fields is on this Georgia team the last two years, well, first of all, I don't think he wouldn't have been developed the way that he has been here. That's the other thing, right? That's what we talk about. It's not just the kids. How are they being developed? How are they being developed? How Um, are they being developed? The idea, though, that you would be in a situation where you play – and that, the kid that transferred from – the Daniels kid who transferred from USC must be terrible. Right? Is he hurt? What's the problem? Like, they keep playing that yeah. Bennett kid. They played Mathis. Um, but they're lost at quarterback. Absolutely lost. 
USC is 1-0. They're 20th or something. I don't know. Who cares? Higher or lower? <laughs> they won in thrilling fashion. I believe we Herm. had that. We did that have Herm. it. Herm would play well, and they were up big. They were up two scores. Um, USC was was down two scores and, and came back to win. The Slovis kid looked nice at quarterback. Uh, that was a really big win for USC, though, to, to get some momentum. They've started season slow. And to come back and, and beat Arizona State, that's a nice win for them. I, would I didn't watch them. the game at all. How was it on the big noon? Was it? Uh, it was good. It was. I mean, it's that uniform, right? It's cool to see that uniform. It they is. They look great. And so it is. Um, we were following my oldest son who pays attention to Southern Cal a little bit, so we were following it on the golf course in the second half as they came back. And so it was, that was cool to see. But in terms of should they be ranked higher, like I think they're probably better than SMU. But how do you, you know, we're doing this. How do you compare a team that's played eight games to a team that's played one? Can't. It's so difficult to make sense of this. That's I why mean, when you turn on, this. like, even when I looked up the poll and I see, hold on, like, how does Ohio State only have one vote? And I say, oh, well, that's why, because we're 3-0 and only, and everyone else is 7-6-0. and So right. it's tough. How do you tough, evaluate tough. that? Yeah, My eye test can only tell me so much. I'll tell you what, the Pac-12 won pretty big because Oregon was impressive on ABC on Sunday. I think uh, Saturday night, obviously everyone was watching our game and they were watching Notre Dame and, and Clemson. Uh, but Oregon was impressive on Saturday night and I think uh, USC winning. That's back to that brand conversation. Oregon and USC are acceptable brands for the Pac-12 yep. for people to pay attention to. So that was big that they both got off to 1-0 starts. Yep. I'll throw totally one agree. more at you. Northwestern, they're 23 now. They're 3-0. and Higher or lower? Um... I, look, I think that they should be higher just on teams that they would beat, but I'm not, I'm not putting them ahead of Southern Cow. I'm not putting them ahead of, you know. You can put them, one, you can put them ahead of Hugh Freeze and Liberty. Oh, yeah, I'll move them up one. But, again, By it's the, the way, brand, right? Tech, it's the brand. That's why the West matters. God. Purdue's also you... 3-0, but they didn't, weren't, didn't have the opportunity, or 2-0, didn't have the opportunity to play Wisconsin this week. Yeah. And you're like, those are the leaders of the West. Yeah. I mean, what Wisconsin undefeated, 1-0. Right. Northwestern's yet three and zero in the West. Get this: Northwestern is three and zero in the Big Ten West in an all conference yeah. schedule. They're twenty third. Wisconsin is one and zero, and their only win is at home against Illinois, and they're thirteenth. Yeah. Brands brand matter. Oh, critical. They're absolutely critical. Uh, we like to visit with Austin Ward every single Monday on a Reaction Monday, and we'll do that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis is right here on The Fan. Every Monday during football season is a time for reaction. Some people may call it Reaction Monday. And we're those people. Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Taco Bell. The Fan. It's first Friday somewhere. That's a big sense of freedom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. We like to do it every Action Monday. Visit with our good buddy Austin Ward with Letterman Row, and we do so right now on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Austin, I was, I, I suppose guilty at 35 of three in going, all right, three things. I'm going to go enjoy an evening with my wife and keep an eye on this side of the corner of my eye. Uh, I, look, there, it was never in doubt, but it, there is this feeling of, ah, they, did we leave them hang, hang around? We didn't get to see the backup quarterback. Um, I tend to think you're up 35 to three and you probably take the foot off the gas a little bit. And Greg did a great job of throwing everything at him. What did you make of it? Yeah. I mean, I was more guilty of that than you were, Bo, because I published my snap judgments that normally go at the final gun. I published them at halftime. So, um, <laughs> you and so I, we're in it together. Want, yeah. Yeah. So if people want to, you know, blame me, I'll take my share of the blame for that. I, I you know, I, I look at that game and I think it is more about, you know, Greg Schiano sending a message that he was going to fight. He was going to pull out bags of tricks and, and trying to, you know, 
deliver this message to his team that he was there for them and believes in them rather than an indictment or, you know, that's too strong. Just rather that there was some sort of problem with the way Ohio State handled the second half in an empty stadium at night against a team that they were up 32 points against. Um, you know, I'll, always, we say this every Monday, you know, Reaction Monday on this show, that we're going to be nitpicking and measuring them against, you know, Alabama or Notre Dame or Clemson. I mean, and now adding Notre Dame to that conversation. Um, and if you want to be critical of that third and fourth quarter, that's fine. To me, I just chalk it up as a game that was over an unusual week, a bunch of trick plays, and that, you know, it's not not some sort of uh, revealing, you know, 30 minutes for Ohio State that they have real problems to address. I, I don't think that they do, and I think that the 35-3 to part is probably more uh, informative than the, for the Buckeyes than what happened after that. Austin, what's the one area um... – on, on offense and defense for you that you say, you know what, if we don't get better here, this might hurt us when it comes to college football playoff. There's nobody in our conference that if we just act accordingly, yeah. it's going to be able to stop Justin in the wideouts. But as I look, I'm like, okay, we throw the ball really well. Running game looks different, right? It's not last year, but it looks different. doesn't mean it's not successful. It just looks different. Are we are we are we really elite at protection? You know, we have we played an elite D line mm-hmm. to where we're like, gosh, because gosh, you shut down Penn State and they're they're studs on the outside, but yet Rutgers kind of gets home a couple times. And then defensively, you're like, can we rush with four? Can we get to the quarterback with four? Um, and nothing really just jumps out at me defensively. They're they're great. They're, I mean, they're good as far as like they got tons of talent. Um, but just what what concerns you as you think about again? We're, and it and it stinks because we still have so many games left. But we're judging ourselves against the Notre Dame's, Clemson's, and Bama's. Yeah, I think a lot of it is tough for me, James, because it's it's incomplete uh, and tough to grade. Like I think that the running backs, I expected them to play better. We'll see. You know, Trey Sermon was finding a little bit of that next gear in the fourth quarter on that drive. Um, I think he had sixty four yards before he got hurt, and that sort of derailed that momentum. Still, Chambers went in the game and fumbled and. You know, I think that group has not done uh, through three weeks what I expected it could. But the flip side to that, when I try to, you know, evaluate it more completely, is that Justin Fields is their most dangerous rusher. And Ohio State, if they were in big games, you know, they would let him go. You, you saw how easily he scored once he kept it on the zone read on Saturday night in the first half. You know, I, when you get to those situations where you, you know it's a dogfight, you know, Ryan Day calls them the talent-equated game, you know, it's going to be easier for those running backs if they're running, you know, if there's a th- another threat in the backfield than it's Justin Fields uh, running away from people. And I, I, so I think that the rushing attack can certainly get better, but I also think that it will um, just because you, you have some element that you haven't even shown yet. Defensively, I think there were a lot, of, a lot more missed tackles than uh, I would have anticipated on Saturday night. I think you look at the secondary and maybe that safety position as a whole. The one play that really squirted out this, you know, fake the snap over the head and direct snap to the running back. You know, Marcus Hooker had a chance to get that on the ground, and, and I think those of us that have you know watched Jordan Four the last couple of years expected that an Ohio State safety would just snuff that play out after ten or fifteen yards, and you go to the next play. So uh, that's a position I think safety, and then you know that that third cornerback that Ohio State's still looking at. Um, this is an important week for that because if there's something that Maryland can do well, um, you know, they've shown with Tagovailoa and, and Rakim Jarrett that that passing attack 
they can move the ball on people. So the secondary for Ohio State has to definitely be, um, you know, under the microscope this week. Austin, acknowledging that we have been just ridiculously spoiled, but James and I were talking about this, and and I don't see I don't see a stud like a standout like defensive player of the year in the Big Ten, and we've been Shazier's and Boses and Chase Young and uh, Malik Hooker, and we've had these guys, you know, a steady diet, even going back to James's time and AJ and James and all these guys who've been these first team mm-hmm. All Americans and lock them in. And, and I don't see it yet on this defense. Is there a candidate to emerge who hasn't yet in your mind or who is most likely to be kind of that, that it's on me, I got it this week? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because some of, the, some of the guys that I would have thrown out to you for that, they're, like, they're part of rotations and their stats aren't blown away. And I know that that didn't stop a Chase Young or a Bosa, but you know, Pete Warner is playing at such a high level. James can speak on it much more. Uh, you know, intimately maybe than I could, but that guy, you can count on him to do almost anything and ask him to do anything a linebacker can do. And maybe, maybe it sometimes goes underappreciated, but I think that the coaching staff recognizes it, and I'm I'm trying to get better at that. That he he might not always have flashy stats, but man, they they build so much of what they do defensively around Pete Warner. He's a special player. Um, and then it's you know Tommy Togia and Haskell Garrett. We were talking three weeks ago on your show about where's that unit that you're uncertain about, and I talked about defensive tackle. I mean, those guys have emphatically answered uh, yeah. the bell there that they are, you know, they're as good as can be, and they're not going to get three sacks every week like Togi. And sometimes that's the part. Like we're, I'm talking about two positions or two guys where they might not ever put up truly crazy statistics, but I bet that the NFL scouts are paying attention to what Pete Warren. Tommy Togia and Haskell Garrett have done these first three weeks. And, and, and look, if you have an entire silver bullet unit that I know that, you know, I got questions about if there were problems, but with this defense and comparisons to the big plays they gave up two years ago, they played three halves so far this year in three games where they didn't allow a touchdown. I think that unit overall is pretty healthy. Yeah, they're, they're great. And really the only concern that I have Austin, as you, as you look at it is as the talent, um, evens out right in the, in the college football playoff if you yeah. if you have to start sending pressure to get pressure on a quarterback can you hold up on the back end that's the only thing and we won't know yeah. i don't think we'll really know until then it as you i want to take you around the big 10 real quick austin as you look around mm-hmm. and we mentioned it uh just last segment when we were doing our ap poll higher or lower and all that stuff you got indiana at 10 and 0 or at 10 and 0 at number 10 but 3 and 0 right they're sitting right there yep. we're talking about the brands of the west and how they're not there uh, for us, Northwestern three and zero, and they're down at what twenty three chops something. That, anyway, if those teams are Nebraska instead, or Penn State, or Michigan, some of our well known teams, yeah. they're up there at five. They're up there at six. The the, the hard reality is we're going to play Indiana, probably beat them by twenty one or twenty four, and then they'll be dropped down to the twenties. But yet Miami's sitting there with one loss, and they lost to Clemson, but they're the U, so they're up there at night. Just. <laughs> Is this this is bad for the conference that are big heavyweights, or do you view it as some other people I've talked to in the last few days say that they think it's good for the conference? All these other teams are, are better. Where do you stand on it? Yeah, I, th- I think that it's a reflection of the the conference as a whole becoming more competitive and answering the challenge that if you don't invest, if you don't recruit better, uh, you know you're well, you will never catch Ohio State ever, um, and other. Some teams are doing it better than others. You know, I think that um, when you look on the other side of the Ohio State rivalry, you have to take a long, hard look and, dis- and decide 
almost right now if that's the guy to get it there because Michigan will have more resources. They might not have as many recruits right in their backyard as Ohio State does, um, but that's also not a problem for Penn State. And, and James Franklin is whiffing on all of the top prospects in the state of Pennsylvania. I, I think it is, it's, it's bad for the overall perception of the league if Michigan and Penn State are down and certainly playing at the level they are now. You can also at the same time give credit to what Indiana uh, is doing um, and that you know maybe people will be slow to realize how good they are and that could be short-circuited in 10 days or, or so. I don't want Bo to, to kick you and I off the show by talking about how big <laughs> that, that matchup is going to be. But, um, you know, but that's, you know, sometimes because of the brand names, like they really matter in college football to the perception. That's just the way it is. Um, and, and it's hard for people to recognize that. And especially in this year, where we're still only dealing with a sample size of three games, and we don't even know how good Michigan and Penn State really are to how to properly evaluate even Indiana's win. It's just, it's a super weird year all the way around. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'll never kick you off the air, buddy, I promise you. Appreciate your time as always. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm happy to give it to you guys every Monday. <laughs> always good talking to Austin Ward of Letterman Row. He joined on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Yeah, I mean, the branding's big. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It shapes your perception. It's so hard to bust through. You think of programs trying to build something out of nothing, and it's so hard to do it, to be able to bust through that. Um, we hit three things on a reaction Monday up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Follow us on Twitter at 971TheFan. And vote in the fan poll. Sponsored by Reichert Ford. Solving the world's problems one dumb question at a time. The Fan. Two men complaining about first world problems. You're not getting the point, kid. This, this is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, three things on a Reaction Monday edition. Hit it, Chops. One, two, one, two. Three things with Bishop and Laurinaitis. Sponsored by Green & Sons, the premier Kubota dealership in central Ohio. Located in Marysville and Mount Sterling. Visit greenandsons.com today. Man, uh, with heavy heart, rest in peace to Alex Trebek, the uh, Jeopardy host for so many years, and one of the last, I think, guys in a in a line of of television personalities who have been with us for our entire lives. Um, and he became that show. I mean, you used to have you know network news anchors Cronkite and these guys who were there forever, Jennings and and others who were there forever, Brokaw, rather even. And now there aren't that many of those out there. Things get turned over often. Uh, but he and Sajak certainly are, and he really became Jeopardy. As, as I don't even know where that show is going to go without him. I don't know if there's plans or not, but um, but he is a just an incredibly iconic figure um, in, in my life and and in many's obviously. And so uh, a sad a sad passing over the weekend. Well said out of you, Bo. My first thing, um, common man. We live in the same neighborhood. Dropped off a nice little package of fan mail uh, as the. As the studio now it has moved, and we are not That's welcome right. back until January, maybe, you know, who maybe. knows. Allegedly. But, yeah. Allegedly. But anyway, as that all happens, anyway, he drops off a bunch of the fan mail, so I go through the whole box of it, and I'm going, I, there's a gift card in there from Canes of Central Ohio saying, sorry about the passing of your father. I appreciate it. hundred bucks of Canes. I'm juiced That's about that. Thank you. Good job out of them. 
My first thing, we just keep knocking things out. I got my suit delivered. We ordered our wedding bands. The honeymoon tickets are paid oh, for. She's running out of time. We're, we're taking care of that. So finishing <laughs> up all the final details. She's ordering the last of the decorations, all the little things she wants to put together. So it's all coming together. The wedding is going to happen. Very excited. Getting everything in line. She's still got a couple months, Chops. Don't be so chesty. Number two for me, it is Masters Week. Are you kidding? Masters Week. It does feel like it outside right now, but I am so curious to see that course in November mm-hmm. and what the foliage looks like. I think it could be spectacular, um, but obviously the flowers won't be there, I wouldn't think. I'm sure they'll bring some in, but I'm just fascinated to see what that course looks like this time of year. I'm also fascinated to see if the ratings, how they withstand college football and NFL Sunday. Very true. And my, my uncle lives in Georgia, um, and he says that this is by far, like, end of October, early November is by far the best time to live there. So, um, yeah, weather's, you know, look, look, perfect. maybe we'll get that, uh, we'll get that displayed beautifully. Anyway, my second thing here, my Twitter getting hacked has been one of the most extremely frustrating, but also <laughs> relaxing things I've ever been a part of. When you do it, when you get the email that says your account has been logged in from Manhattan, New York, is this you? Link, nope, not me. Reset password, click on it, and it sends it to a total different email address. They'd already Ooh. beat you to it. Oh, that is that frustrating? But I will, Where I will say this. Where do you go this. from there? Huh. Well, you try to, you try to email Twitter. Um, that's all they do. There's no phone number. There's no, there's no phone numbers. It's just yeah, email. Sure not. Oh, we'll right. get back to you. Sure you will. We're doing, we have a high volume right now. Oh, what could Twitter <laughs> possibly do. be monitoring? <laughs> Election content? All that stuff? Okay. Yeah. Could My buddy got hacked two months ago. He said, still haven't heard from Twitter. Okay. Jeez. So anyway, I tried calling the Rams. Rams security guy calls the NFL security guy, their head of cyber over there. We'll see if that works. But I'm not really missing it, to be honest. It's actually helped me relax a whole lot with all of this madness going on, on, on the line. On the line, yeah. My second thing, I convinced JLo to put up the Christmas decorations this weekend. We got the, we got, we put all the pumpkins away. We got the garland out. We put the tree up. We got ornaments on it. And then Sunday evening, yesterday, I convinced her to watch a Christmas movie. It's all coming to plan. It's all rolling over. So early. Jeff. Everybody always says, don't skip over out. Thanksgiving. It's like, I'll do Thanksgiving on that day. What am I going to do outside of that? It's Christmas time. Jeez, it's really early. Finally for me, what a weekend. Beautiful weather. Uh, we did take advantage. Good job out of us, uh, me and the boys. We did golf on Saturday afternoon, uh, which is a big win. And then last night, laser tag in the dark. Uh, me and Bootsy against Black Cobra and Beamsy. Uh, an upset. They upset us. Uh, Three-game series. They won two games. We won one. i got to get Bootsy to be a little more comfortable staying in his fort at night. He wants to come with me in the woods. Yeah. And it just, it's a fail every time he gets exposed. And I gotta get him to understand that if he stays in that fort, there's a recipe for success there for us. But we'll take the L. Gosh, just living the ultimate life. I mean, we got golf course, we got, I mean, a full obstacle, <laughs> good uh, laser, laser tag yeah. game in the backyard, multiple yeah. forts. That's I right. I mean, talk about just living the dream. My <laughs> goodness. My last thing, look, the assembly of the nursery is almost complete. Um, there has been a bag packed. My Shelly's been having so many like Braxton Hicks, which are contractions mm-hmm. for those who don't know. They're contractions that aren't the real contractions. Yep. But anyway, she's like, she's had so many of them. She goes, I have no idea when I'm actually going to go into labor. She's not due till mid January, but she's like, as we get near December, she's like, yep. you might want to have a bag packed, which then leads to Chop's point. We usually wait till after Thanksgiving 
to decorate for Christmas, right? Uh-huh. We got a whole system. We have the fall decorations, we have our Thanksgiving decorations, and boom, uh-huh. then it's Christmas. Last till the New Year, boom, put them away. But I'm not sure. She might have to go a little bit early on this because I'm not. She's getting to the point of being so uncomfortable that she's not going to want to put stuff up, you know, come December. And Lord knows I can't do it alone. So there's nothing I can really do alone. So regardless, we might have to jump into that chopper. We might have to do the Christmas decorations here coming up, coming up earlier than we'd like. You can leave Christmas up till February too. That's okay. No, it's not. My no, last not. thing. No, it's not. You got to take it down. Once we celebrate 21, which will be the greatest celebration ever. <laughs> yeah. My last thing real quick, check out the latest Nerd Association. This was a fun one. It was our 25th episode at the end of October. We we went over pop culture hot takes, and as we, we did 10 of them, and as we did each one, it was inspired by Hot Ones, the web series. We did a hotter hot sauce each time on a, on a tortilla chip, and so near the end, it gets a little dicey trying to talk through that, but it was a lot of fun to, to record. <laughs> Great job of self-promotion out of you, Chopper. Good job. Um, all right. What do we have? We have Rothman and Ice coming up next. We are back tomorrow for more fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bishop and Lord Ice right here on The Fan.